Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Dara back in the seat with you, aka Captain Brunch, episode 567 of Talk Brunch, March 24th, now 2023, being joined by co host Destin Soglo Frazier. Nine days till mania. Oh, that's gonna be a week. I'm so excited. I feel like we just finished last week. <laughs> and the mania before that, and the mania before that. Right. Where'd my year go? Yeah, nine, nine weeks, nine days away. One week away, a little over one week away. Next week, of course, we will be doing our final votes and things of that nature. And don't forget, it is a really big weekend. This, not this week, but the following week, because you got the Ring of Honor, got the NXT. You got the Hall of Fame and WrestleMania's two days, right? Yep. If you count each WrestleMania as a separate day, that's freaking three different shows. What, three, four different shows over the span of three days? Yeah, so this will be like the last calm show for a bit. You can call this like the calm before the storm because there'll be watch along. We got the Thursday podcast next week. That's going to be followed by watch along pretty much all weekend long. So look forward to that. Also, shout out to everybody who's listening to us across all popular podcast platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and all other popular places podcasts are found soon to be featured, I believe, on Amazon Podcasts. So... There's a one-week delay if you're listening to this on the podcast and you'd like to hear these episodes without the one-week delay. Come to twitch.tv slash talkbrunch and you get them pretty much immediately in the videos on demand section. Otherwise, the news will be spread out. I'm thinking of actually changing that just for next week, for the week of WrestleMania. But in most cases, you're getting things on delay. Come in here and you can also catch us live Thursday nights, Eastern Standard Time, sometime between the hours of 9 p.m. and midnight-ish. And yeah, I'm just going to randomly straw pick stories here and see what uh <laughs> what we find amusement to, because I think it's, a, in my opinion, at least a light news week in regards to a, the calm before the storm. Like I said, not really too much happening. Yeah, there hadn't been a whole lot really going on this week. A couple of big things here and there, but besides that, not much. Sometimes no news is good news. Hey, shift, hey, the truth. Yeah. So Kevin Hart has this show, Cold as Balls. Oh, I like this show. Yeah. And I guess the trailer dropped for season eight. And in this show, he's going to have Logan Paul and Bianca Belair as some of the guests included. So I figured let's watch the trailer. I went to your burger spot. It was That took a turn. What is that? These nuts? Okay. You wouldn't be hot if you didn't have on a goddamn wetsuit. 
everything I've done is dwarfed by what you've done. You didn't have to say dwarf. Aww. You are built like a gymnast. I come from a family of great builds. There's a million ways to recover. Man, I know you're cold because you're starting to stutter. Did Dallas and Bam get fired and nobody tell me? That's such an uncomfortable okay. premise. I see what's going on around here. <laughs> like, whose brilliant idea was that shit, right? I don't know, but it was good enough to get the Undertaker on there early on. So <laughs> was was Taker on there? It's just weird, though. Yeah, Taker's going like, on there. It's just like who's he going even does the sit up but out of the water. It's great. Yeah, I, I find it to be like a really weird premise, though. You know. Like I'm not gonna be able to give an interview. I mean, hey, stuff like water. that and hot ones, weird, weird gets over. Freezing ass water, for that matter, you know. <laughs> right. Like I'll take a hard pass on that shit. Yeah, finish the. You gotta finish the interview before the hypothermia sets in. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, Logan Paul probably take. It. He's been in ice before, right? I'm sure he does all kinds of ice related shit. He does everything that uh, does all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Didn't mm -hmm. show Bianca in the ice. Did she go in the ice or is she just hanging out there? Yeah, she definitely had to be in the ice. I guess the best stuff in there isn't going to be here in the ice. It's funny. They do like outside the ice shenanigans, too. It's it's weird concept. <laughs> it's funny that that show could be called Cold as Balls and Nobody Minds, but for some reason, oral sessions with Renee had to be changed to just um, the sessions. Like... <laughs> When he's saying cold as balls, are there any other balls he could be referring to aside from the genitalia in that? Does it have a double double meaning, or he's just saying cold as balls? I mean, it's that's the only thing I could think cold of. Right? As balls, cold right? as balls, right? Get oral <laughs> sessions could mean anything. Who's to say that there was like a derogatory meaning? That was the whole play on the word. No, no. Anyway, Masked Singer. Remember, sometimes we go on here and we see. Oh, Masked I love that Singer. show. Yeah, we'll have a new. What's the person name? Ox Oxital. We'll go with that. Who comes up with the idea for the disguise, right? <laughs> That's a good question. Interesting premise. Anyway, let's show you who it turned out to be. How would anyone have guessed that? Jenny McCarthy Wahlberg, 
was right. And she There's only it. been like maybe like what one or two times I think I've seen it when it's like a WWE superstar. They can actually know it's them. Like I think when Jericho did it once, they knew it was Jericho, but Blitz, like you can't tell. She said it was me behind the Axolot mask. What an amazing experience. Thank you, WWE, Masked Singer. We'll return next week on Fox. I guess she gave them their plug there. I love how dramatic they are with taking the mask off. Like, yeah, it really felt like a big deal. I've never seen removing a mask get camera angles. Like, yeah, you better never disappoint, right? That's like Tony Khan every week. You know, oh. like, like, oh, God, what are we going to have on today this time, right? Am I right? Come on. You know I'm right. Tony would have made a grand announcement that somebody's going to take the mask off. Like, that would have been the announcement, right? It would be great if it was Tony Khan underneath there one day. No, no. See, that person could sing. <laughs> you would have known if it was Tony. Okay, that's that's who would have sucked the fun out of it. <laughs> oh boy! Well, that was a cool, nice little thing there. And a bit of Alexa Bliss news, which I'm sure you have already heard. Uh, her yeah. situation. So, unfortunately for her, the reason why she's been off air, off off uh, shows, is because of the fact that she had a spot on her face that turned out to be cancerous. And uh, thankfully, they caught it in time. It was uh, called basal cell carcinoma, which is basically a very common type of skin cancer. And during one of her procedures, her doc found it. There were squam- squamous cells, and uh, apparently it was a quick, easy procedure to get fixed. So thankfully, they caught it in time. Which, yeah, that's pretty Ooh. crazy. Like even when it's like a common, easily curable one, you hear cancer and you easily get a little bit scared. Oh yeah, no one wants to hear that shit. Like there's there's just a general fear behind that word, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And again, it was only okay because of the fact that she caught it. Yeah, it's good to know they caught it, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, The late Jason David Frank, apparently TMZ, has released a clip from his upcoming fight scene in his movie. What was this called again? White Tiger, I believe it was. Yes, something along those lines. It was supposed to be like an adult-themed version of uh, something similar to Super Sentai or Power Rangers. And I guess it's still coming out, obviously, because people put money into it. Yeah, I believe the project was finished before he died. It's just the release date hadn't come up yet. Gotcha. All right, well, let's take a look. Show me. The spirit you fight is still strong within you. Cool. But that was not necessary. Necessary for me. <laughs> I kind of like that. He's, a, he's more mean than that. He's a more mean. Oh, man. Yeah, that, 
that is wild. It's, yeah, it's a shame, man. Gone way too soon. Who knows the, the limitless potential somebody like that could have had to do stuff like this in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, he still had it. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. That's for damn sure. Did you see that Netflix is releasing a Power Rangers movie of some sort or a special? I've been seeing like rumblings about that. It's like a, like a more modernized Power Rangers or something. Um, I guess it's modern in the sense that it came, it's coming out in 2023. So from what I've seen of it, the plot to my understanding is that Rita is resurrected because she somehow gets a new body. And don't ask me what in the hell these middle-aged characters would now be doing in combat with her. I can't wait to see how they write their ways into that. Just when I'm out, they drag me back in. (laughs) But somehow the really old-school Rangers are in combat with Rita. And uh, she's about to kill Billy. And then Trini, the Yellow Ranger, played by the late Tui Trang, gets in the way and sacrifices herself. And Rita winds up killing her. So now... Trini's daughter wants revenge for uh, for her mother's death. Is the general plot of this? And yes, there is a trailer that we're going to look at. After all these years, I found a new body. Wait, a Repulsa? No, it, it can't be. It's time for revenge. She killed mom. We gotta destroy her. This is Ranger business, okay? Let us sort this out. Rita's creating a time portal. I'll kill you before Zorda makes you Ranger. We gotta make sure Rita doesn't hurt anybody else. Attention, Power Rangers! Get to your assigned stations now! Once a Ranger? Always a Ranger. It's Morphin' Time! Your Moon Rangers. You want to fight? You found one. You got this. Good luck. I just want to point out that I'll go back a little bit. Johnny Young Boss has definitely put on the pounds over the years. Oh. Not, not as much as Aisha, but he, he looks a lot older than I expected. But yeah, I guess he's going to be an office ranger because it looks like they stay at the command center. Oh, yeah. You can't be no chunky monkey be a ranger no more. No, I'm kidding. I don't look that bad. Messing with this place is a big mistake. Why would they be at Ernie's Juice Bar? How would that place have not gone out of business by now? Everybody stays at home and orders their juice. <laughs> That's how they do it. <laughs> they got their Uber Eats money. Don't worry. We saved the world before. <laughs> So yeah, that that is a. Uh, I'm very interested. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I do kind of like the concept of like, especially if you grew up with them back in those days. It's like it's basically in a sense like getting one last ride with the old crew. Like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it feels like to me. Like. And Tui Trang is is dead. She actually passed away in fourteen car accident. So using that as a plot device doesn't hurt either. She stood, yeah. at that, she stood at that peace conference way too long, you know what I mean, when you really think about it. Three rangers left on a peace conference one day, and one never came back. Like, ever. Like, man, those peace talks were really long. So I'm glad that they, they addressed it, because they never so much as mentioned her. I guess they just didn't know how to handle it. Even though they've outright killed people in that franchise, but whatever. 
I think her last actual role was in The Crow 2, which unfortunately, if you were to look at what survives the test of time in that, it's definitely Power Rangers. You wouldn't have known at the time <laughs> in the 90s, but man, you know, you definitely were wanting your name affiliated with Power Rangers way before the fucking Crow 2. Hey guys, I was in The Crow 2. My friend was in Power Rangers. What are your friends like? What? What? Yeah, the problem is that you just can't do. Not everybody could be the crow, and I thought that was what was the whole point of the movie. <laughs> you know, just like it was a very special you would think so, right? event. And it always bothered me because when you really look at those movies, the first one was like a masterpiece. If you haven't seen it with Brandon Lee, I highly recommend it. Great movie. But what worked about the character Eric Draven was that he was like an artisty type. You know. He was into music and poetry and stuff. You know, it was very, very gothic character. So when he died, a character like that coming back from the dead and, and reciting shit to you when he's about to kill you could be terrifying. You know, it's like, it's Just like, oh. a little bit. You know, because he would always have really cool lines. You would expect somebody who's that kind of a person. When they show the person he was in life, you can understand the person who he becomes in death, which is what made it such a cool movie. And then at the second movie, Ash was a fucking mechanic. You know, <laughs> it was like, wait, what? I don't see, but he's still like when he became like, I guess the crow, because not really, they don't become the crow, but when they become the undead character resurrected by a crow, he uh, he still was philosophical and was doing the same kind of shit that Eric Draven did, but it felt more like he was doing it like they did that in that movie just because that's what they saw in the first one. Like we know that when you become like that, you become this gothic philosophical character, but they kind of missed the whole point that it was the guy himself who was that way. It doesn't make sense that your fucking mechanic guy did that. He should have been portrayed very differently. You know, <laughs> like he should not be able to say like he, he should be just a completely different vibe when you think about it. Like, I'd like to think, realistically speaking, that if you died or I died or if any of us died, we'd all be different crows. Right. We wouldn't all come back and start talking and acting like Eric Draven. Oh, my so, God, I could come back and be crow glow. Oh, <laughs> So that to me was my problem with the, that franchise continuing, that they were never able to catch lightning in a bottle again. It's because the first time it was like a very specific set of events. And it doesn't help that Hollywood butchered the script because Tui Trang, the Yellow Ranger, was this really dramatic character in the original script. Um, yes, I got to read the original script. And like, I, I guess for that time back in the 90s, I was into comic books and animation and stuff that we're used to just before a big battle there being like a dialogue heavy Metal Gear S sequence where the two characters that are about to throw down talk about how their beliefs and everything got them to this point when realistically back then that was like not really something in our culture you know so I remember reading and they had one of those moments like she draws her sword on the crow character Ash and she has one of those Metal Gear S moments where the villain's explaining to him her motivations and her reasons about life and philosophy and shit and I remember thinking this is some really really good shit I'm excited for this movie, even though there's certain things strange about it. Well, sure enough, sitting in the theater, watching, waiting for that part. Here comes the really cool thing where she talks about all that stuff, the big, big back and forth, big promo coming for Trini, big promo. And then like Ash goes, can you fight? And she draws a sword and goes, can you die? And then they just run at each other and start fighting. I don't know if you remember that about the movie. And it was like, what happened? <laughs> the fuck did you guys do here, man? Come on, you took away Trini's promo. There would have been like a really, that would have been like her last big performance. I'm not saying she would have won any Oscars or anything, but I'm just saying that she passed after that. That would have been like 
the last thing that she really did that would have been like a big promo because it's not exactly like she was a big promo girl in Power Rangers, right? No. She had her moment every now and then, and I was thinking, what a shame. You guys in your shitty Hollywood direction of doing things ruined this for this girl. She couldn't even have a good scene in a shitty movie. But now we have Trini's daughter, and I don't know if this will be a thing. I mean, I'm guessing, spoiler alert, that she'll take the yellow mantle somewhere in this, right? Since there'll be short one ranger. I mean, she would have to. That's the only way you go after that. Yeah, exactly. And Aisha looks like she stayed in the command center, so. Aisha's not like, I'm retired, man. I can't. Yeah, too bad, because I'm just saying, Netflix, I don't pay for things very often. But if you get Aisha to morph into the Yellow Ranger again, I will pay like like, like <laughs> retail levels. Just like I'll time, buy it. I will rent it. I'll buy. I'll buy it. I'll buy a copy. If we get if we get, re, if get Aisha to to morph, I I would pay for that. I would like to see Aisha in more, current Aisha in morphed form. What about you? I mean, I already got Netflix, so yeah. I put no, 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 no. You don't understand. I will pay like, you know, when something costs like nineteen ninety nine or twenty four. Like I will pay for this. Oh, this, you would buy, buy. I will oh, okay. buy this yeah. piece of video footage and have it in my permanent digital library if they get Aisha back as the Yellow Ranger. Like even if it's just one time. Like yeah, I do it. <laughs> oh, where does all the hair go? Is the first question, and we're, and we're not going to get into any questions beyond that. Yeah, don't 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 shoot. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Where does all in those cases? If it, if it was an inclusion, she'd be white, because you know that's how inclusion apparently works nowadays. That's how we have to get her to become a Power Ranger again. We just got to make a whole bunch of ruckus and just be like, "How come the Brown Ranger wasn't put back in her suit?" <laughs> They'll cave. They cave easy. You know, just because she's a little bit weight, you guys are on body body positive. How come there can't be a thick Ranger? <laughs> right be potty positive Netflix you're breaking your own rules you left out the thick ranger and why do you have to kill the yellow ranger you killed off the yellow one really the the Asian yellow piece one is shit. that what you did you piece of shit and now you're going to make a young impressionable Asian woman the next yellow ranger why you have to be Asian? society and our culture hasn't moved at all from where we were 20 years ago see how easy it is to be woke <laughs> It's the easiest thing in the world, man. Yo, we could it's just the easiest make, and most destructive thing of all time. We should just make like Smurf Twitter accounts as other people and be woke as fuck and build this big following and then turn heel and be like, ha ha, do a stone, do a, do a fucking Vince. It was me. It was dude. I'd never <laughs> leave Twitter. Are you kidding me? It was me. I wouldn't leave. I would just unveil that it was me. You probably. I, I'd be. I know. Like I'd be on Twitter all day, every day. <laughs> You know, that would be, that's what a lot of people do, believe it or not. They don't realize that they're following those false idols. Some of the people who are flag-waving and shit are people who actually were on the other side that just found them more convenient to just build up this way. You have false idols over there. <laughs> Some of you potato Jesus worshiping motherfuckers. <laughs> there, are, uh, there should be a thing for that. At least I would like there to be a thing for that. It'd be great. Yeah, the various potato Jesus thing that could happen. And with that, I think it's time to review a weekly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get one out of the box. All right. 
We're going to do SmackDown 1230 that came to us from Kansas, Missouri's T-Mobile Center, the phone company that absorbs all the other phone companies, right? Isn't that what it feels like? I mean, at this point, yeah. They're like Shinra. It's only a matter of time before I have T-Mobile. Anyway, start with Cody Rhodes. Get in the ring. Kansas City, what do you want to talk about? We could talk about WrestleMania. I have the utmost respect for our current champion, Roman Reigns. Forward to beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I want to talk to somebody. Kevin Owens. This man over the past couple of weeks, thick-headed. I'm pretty sure I know what this is about, and we've, we've been over this. Oh, hear me out. I don't think this is a conversation between two people. I think it's a conversation that involves another party. Please. Kevin Owens looks sick to the back teeth at the sight of Sami Zayn. It's that man, Sami Zayn. At least he didn't have to come in with a hoodie through the crowd. Right. You're you're good. Oh, all right, all right. Introduced me to some friends. You, sir, made that easy for me, but I really would like to repay it here in this moment. Why don't we have the conversation? I've heard everything. I haven't heard everything you have to say. Whether we were friends or enemies, we've done some pretty unspeakable stuff to each other, okay? Can't understand why this time is so different. Do whatever you have to do so we can get back to working together. We can be the ones that bring down the ones. Heard everything you have to say. I've heard you say it for weeks. You don't need a friend. You don't want a friend. You just need me to fight with you. Why would I fight? Why, why would I fight for someone who doesn't even want to be my friend? Look, man, Cody, thank you for trying to do this. I really appreciate it. But I'm all set, all right? Heartbreaking. Kevin, hey, wait, 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 wait. Listen to me. Hey, listen to me, okay? Forget about everything I said about, about the bloodline, about fighting together. We are friends. We're not just friends, man. We're brothers. Brothers. And if you never want to talk to me ever again, that's fine. I love you, okay? That's it. He should have been like, you're my honorary oos. <laughs> I don't that would have gone over well, though, right? Not really. Anyway, mixed tag team match Legado del Fantasma Santos Escobar and Zelina Vega against the Judgment Days, Dominic Mysterio and Mommy Ripley. I think it's the first time we've seen Rhea and Dom team together. Probably not the last. Maybe it took this long, but beautiful moonsault by Zelina. Like, good. Get and the helo by Dominic. That helo was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I love how he snaps with the just like Eddie used to. Probably watched him study that day. Oh, yeah. How about Finn Balor? That's what I love about a lot of the stuff that he does that Eddie used to do. He emulates even the little bit of the little notes that Eddie used to do. Mm-hmm. The little nuances. Love that t- DDT. Selena's gotten a cut loose since they brought her back. 
gonna be good. I mean, she's always been pretty good, especially she was so damn small. But she's not Riho, so there's that. I love when she gets the small people because she can hike them up real good with that red top. Cafe, I just wanted to come out here and say, you're WWE Hall of Famer, disrespectful deadbeat of a father. He was never there for me. All the sleepless nights. He's, and he's there for you now. Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley making his way to the ring. Look at that, mommy. You know how many nights I went without a father? Rio, can I have a moment with my son, please? Alone? Is that how this is gonna go? Where were you when I needed you? You're just a scared, pathetic excuse for a father. There's something I want to get off my chest. You're just a piece hey, of- Hey, 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 hey. Basta ya, por favor. You want to hear the truth? You are my world, son. You'll find out that this business is selfish. Your mom and your sister can have a life that I only dreamed of. And what would happen every time you would get into trouble? Stereo name would bail you out. I'm really having a hard time coping with all of this. I'm being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I would love nothing more than to have you standing by my side on that stage. Someone like you, disrespectful, pathetic, hunk-ass kid, called me out at WrestleMania, I would gladly whoop their ass. Unfortunately, you're my son, and fighting you would be the biggest disgrace as a father. You're not worth it, son. I'm not gonna fight you now. I'm not gonna fight you never. And I won't fight you at WrestleMania either. That's it? That's all you got? That was literally all he had. He left after that. He wasn't playing. <laughs> you know? yeah, that was it. He was pretty much good after that. He went home. Tag team match Emma and Tegan Knox against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I feel like if they didn't get the match at WrestleMania with those two, it would, have, it would be weird, you know? At this point. Yeah. He's too much. It's just, I think it for me, it's just a matter of like how long is Ray gonna go before he finally caves and just says, "Fuck it, we're gonna do this." Yeah, well, he has about eight or nine more days to cave. Yeah. To cave soon. Is there a family holiday between then and now? No. Her career has been written off several times, but she. And the Liv had to make up her mind. She gonna be crazy or not? Because yeah, she goes back and forth with that a lot. But then again, everybody here is a little indecisive. Raquel's the same thing, though. She has to make up her mind. Is she going to be tough or happy? No. See, but she always smiling, though, so I feel like she made up her mind. Yeah, they got a deprogrammed. Yo, that, look at the way she, she, she goes over the side there. Just falls. Just <laughs> like, that's, that, that bump wasn't safe at all. And Morgan launched out of the ring. Emma, though. Morgan chose crazy. She woke up and chose crazy. <laughs> that was for Mania. Yep, she's bought in the tag title match. 
Oh, I didn't think Emma was going to WrestleMania. Friday night SmackDown on Fox is sponsored by Progression. When I was a baby in my mom's arms, this business was built on road. I'm sorry, maybe. Friday night SmackDown on Fox is sponsored by Progression. When I was a baby. It's progressive, not progression. Or am I wrong? Was built <laughs> on Rhodes as a challenger, Flair as a champion. Two weeks away from WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania. I am walking into my seventh WrestleMania. Now, Rhea Ripley wanna be the champion. Three years ago, Rhea Ripley couldn't go through me. And today, the more they stay the same. Rhea Ripley, a vastly different competitor. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, she is the best bloody woman. You're a hundred percent right, Charlotte. I didn't choose Bianca Belair because I have my reasons. When I walk through the locker room, they all turn their back and walk away. I am bloody good at what I do and everyone fears me. You're the SmackDown Women's Champion for a reason. Or SmackDown Women's Championship? I want. Hell, I need it. Once everything is done and dusted, you're gonna learn to call me champion. Mommy is gonna beat you at WrestleMania. Oh, a cheap shot by Rhea. Game's beginning, Cole. Charlotte Flair's done. Segments don't end for Charlotte. <laughs> That's I think I, everybody in Judgment Day, Rhea got the best draw when it comes to her music. This is just getting nasty. Out of everyone, oh yeah, out of everyone on, on a lot more than just Judgment, that's like a great entrance. Oh yeah, like the group, the group, like if you don't count the group entrance, like the group entrance theme, I feel like out of all the singles people, like Rhea's, Rhea's music probably came out the best. Look at that, went over them too, that's a great pull apart. Oh yeah, this was a good one. I made that beautiful. I always like to I always like to pull aparts too when like they don't get like an actual in-ring move off. It's just madness. Emotional start to your night with what we saw between you, Kevin Owens, and Cody Rhodes. Yeah, Kayla, kind of a heavy night. You know, uh, now another guy who once considered me his brother is probably waiting to take me out the second I set foot in that ring. Enough people that cared about you, that love you, kind of start to believe it. I don't know, Jey Uso wants to meet in the ring, fine. If, if I brought all this on myself, then it's time for me to handle this by myself. Jey Uso wants me to pull up. Fine. It's time to pull up. It's a new day. Pull up, then. Didn't mean to jump all the way. LA Knight versus Woods. What are they doing to my boy? I don't know. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what they're doing to him. They're letting him get hit with the backwoods. Oh, see, see, that's not that's not important. So it's just like, because let's be real, God's not kicking out of the backwoods, all right. But uh, it's just like, how, how are he losing it? Here goes, here comes, look, 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 backwards, motherfucker. <laughs> Yo, and I love that. It that's the greatest. Went so far as to have his finisher be the small package driver. Yeah, that's my favorite fucking thing ever, man. <laughs> backwards is the most protected move in the business. Look at that, backwards, you. 
<laughs> I love that shit so much. I never thought. I forgot all about it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a fucking inside like, I don't cradle. Think anybody in the history of wrestling has won with a small with an inside cradle so many times and gotten it over. Right. <laughs> Muda going into the Hall of Fame. So he is going and he left the headliner because we originally heard he was a headliner, I feel. Excuse me, LA Knight, can I, can I get a word? Let me talk to you. you oh, you're just over here signing autographs, huh? You know, I tell you what, if you're not going to fight your little goofy son, I'll fight him. I'll give him an LA moment. LA Mysterios. I'll be a deadbeat, deadbeat dad too. High five on that one, huh? Go! Look at that. He gave you a veteran slap. He called him a, a, a cavron there. Highlight didn't catch it. You're allowed to do that because it's the American team and they don't know what that means. That's very convenient, right? We're going to let you... A few times That's he's called him, called him pendejo before. No, he's taking advantage of the system. Fox and Gecko speak Spanish. Fuck it. He should have taken advantage back when they were on UPN. He was even further from Spanish then. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, Intercontinental title, number one contendership match in progress here with Sheamus against Drew McIntyre. I'm like so over this, man. I hate the fact that this is a thing that happened instead of the Brawl and Brutes thing. You know, like I don't want this feud at all. This You you were supposed to be my brother. Like, no, you guys actually Wait. split up already. And not for nothing, let's just say the Brawl and Brutes still won the thing. This shouldn't be a thing regardless because Drew's already had his moments in the sun at WrestleMania. We've established this. The crowd's back. Drew's time's over. <laughs> so this is the match that determines which one of them goes to WrestleMania against Walter. It should have been Sheamus. I was worried that right. they were going like, to throw him no out There's no logical of the reason it should be Drew at all. You know, I was worried that they were going to kick Sheamus out of his own feud. But then they did the next worst thing because this gets thrown out because of freaking imperium so then adam pierce is like all right well walter because you did that now we're gonna make you have to fight two people at wrestlemania and that shouldn't be a triple threat in my opinion why are we no, putting... it should be simply walter versus sheamus drew can go play in the andre the giant battle i am left with no choice you will defend that intercontinental championship against drew mcintyre and sheamus the whole fucking feud for the entire year was sheamus versus gunther the, you know, the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. It's so out of place the way that they, they booked that, you know? Like, the only acceptable outcome is Sheamus wins. If Wall started retaining. Alright, Jay. This is what you wanted, right, Deuce? Hey, my dog. This is what you wanted. You want me to pull up? I pulled up. I got a job to do tonight, but you about to hear this. Hey, what's up, sick? Like and also shout out to Willie who was in the chat before we started. Like you, but not me. For one time I put my guard down to somebody who I thought loved me. What you do? I called you my brother. You know what that mean to me? You has always been a fake ass oops. You choose to take Roman Reigns' abuse over and over and over. That is your choice. You keep choosing it. I don't think you're mad at me, Jay. I think you're mad at yourself. I hit Roman Reigns with that steel chair. You're just mad that you didn't get to do it first. I am oh, and Jay Uso's heard it up. And Jay, and you had to believe it had to come to this. No, a lot of people believe that it would never come to this. They were shocked that 
fucking Sami Zayn and Jimmy and Jey Uso didn't ride out into the sunset together. They're still they're still waiting for Jey Uso to be be a part of the Universal Title match at WrestleMania. See if this was booked properly going into WrestleMania, it wouldn't turn out that that uh, it would turn out that Sami Zayn didn't leave the bloodline, but that Kevin Owens joined. That'd be some shit. Oh my god! And ruin everybody. And I would fuck Cody Rhodes over. Hey, all the marks would be sad. So there you have it. Good old Owens and Sami Zayn finally reunite. All those guys have to do is touch in order to get Road Warrior level pops. SmackDown, the two, two point one hundred twenty-two million viewers, point fifty-two and eighteen to forty-nine demographic. A little down from the two point one hundred thirty-six million from last week, but not by much. It's still a money show. No complaints there whatsoever. I think they. I think we have nice a backstage uh, thing here. Are celebrating backstage after these two ladies pulled off a very impressive victory. You punched your ticket to WrestleMania tonight, and you too will be participants in the WrestleMania Showcase Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match. How does it feel? To punch your ticket. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's unexpected. I think it's everything that we've pretty much been this entire year. We never expected to be this good of a tag team. And look at us. Look at what we're doing. Most importantly, Megan, is that we work all year for this opportunity and we punched our ticket to WrestleMania. Leave me hanging, please. Yeah, sorry, sorry, and we have no idea who we're wrestling. We don't know who these three other tag matter. teams are, but no, it doesn't matter. All that you and you have to do is watch us. I love that. We have to prepare. All a bit shocked at what we just witnessed on Friday Night SmackDown, especially you, Drew McIntyre. You came into tonight looking to compete for an opportunity at WrestleMania, but we learned that it will now be a triple threat match between you, Sheamus, and Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship. What is going through your mind? Where to begin? I'm very happy for one. <clears throat> I want you to spot in this WrestleMania. Uh, this is what we work towards all year round, 52 weeks a year, every weekend, every TV. The Intercontinental title is the workhorse title. If you take my schedule for this past year, sit it down in front of anyone in this company, I would defy them to do more than Drew McIntyre has done this year and happily done this year because this is what I love. And The Intercontinental title, I've been thinking about this a lot the past few weeks. I say this stuff going on with Sheamus. I don't want to talk about that right now. We're thinking about that right now. This is a full circle moment for me. I won that title when I was 24 years old. I did not appreciate it in the moment. I saw it almost as that's what you win and then you move on to the heavyweight title. No, this is different. This is a huge match for me, more than I could put into words and full circle's the only way I can put it. Tonight, Seamus and I beat the hell out of each other. We always beat the hell out of each other, but it was different tonight. I know how much he wants that title. I guess he knows now how much I want that moment and we went to war on each other. People are gonna be talking about this match all the way to Mania. It's all three of us now. What happened happened at the end. It's a triple threat. I just feel sorry for anybody else on that show if you're on after us. 
we're going to redefine physicality in that match. Nobody's going to be able to follow us. And Drew McIntyre, at the end of WrestleMania, is going to be the Intercontinental Champion. When you really think about it, it's a it's a damn shame for Drew too, because like he went from being the WrestleMania WWE main event slash champion facing Brock Lesnar, and now he's over here hoping to be the IC champ. You know, this is a rise for Gunther. It's a decline for Drew. When All right, think about it. He Gunther and Sheamus are the only two. That actually have any kind of benefit that they're going to get in this match. I mean, Sheamus is because Gunther is now the longest reign Intercontinental Champion. That's not named the Honky Tonk Man. Sheamus gets the point. Sheamus gets to almost complete this, complete this whole championship run. Yeah, but Sheamus is in a worse extent. Sheamus started his run, his entire tenure in WWE once he came up from FCW as almost being handed the World Heavyweight Championship in his Triple H feud, and like now he's com- he's been competing for mid card titles for like the better half of the last decade you know so really the only one who benefits is Gunther which is the reason yeah I'm like, like Seamus only Seamus only benefits really from like a long-term career standpoint saying he's won all of them but now Gunther it's just like Gunther because yeah, this is Gunther's first Wrestlemania so yeah Yeah, we're going to redefine violence. And I'm like, sir, I will show you two matches from NXT that redefine violence. Don't play (laughs) that game. All right. (laughs) Because he said that, and you know the two matches I thought of. (laughs) You know, it's not often that we get to see Cody Rhodes on the blue brand. But, Cody, when you do show up, you make an impact. So what did it mean to you to reunite Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tonight? The road to WrestleMania has really been filled with with splendor in a sense that every week has been another incredible milestone. Uh, Chad Gable, I got to have this great match with him, reconnecting with John Cena for the first time in years. Uh, LA Knight, uh, being able to get on a microphone and communicate to this audience what it means to me. Uh, Tonight, I got to talk about Kevin Owens, what he means in my life sincerely and in a very real way somebody who helped better my livelihood and I wanted to return the favor and if I did that wonderful the entire collective WWE universe sports entertainment fans wrestling fans what all of everybody who watches this thing that we do wants to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on the same page and we got to see that tonight a good a great milestone on the road to WrestleMania and the biggest one is yet ahead the biggest one is heading into WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood in the main event and in the main event i'm hoping that i leave all right all right cody we get it yes you have won the royal rumble i mean what an accomplishment right entering as the very last person and eliminating the man who's been in there for over an hour who was actually the very first entrance that night wow you're a hero the only thing that you to the entire world that night is that you're pathetic. Das ist so. Hat er recht. 
Okay, so 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 I, I I'm pathetic, uh, and and Gunther's amazing, and certainly Gunther is right. He's the Intercontinental Champion. I have an incredible respect for that. He's been Intercontinental Champion almost a year. It's a, a title that means the world to me. I get it. He lasted an hour and twelve something minutes, whatever it was, a record that nobody's ever going to break. But he didn't win, boys. He didn't. And this is about wins or losses. That's what it's about. The only people who say otherwise are Hall of Famers or people at the bottom of the card. He didn't win enough, the match. Enough, enough, enough. That is not the point. That is not what we are talking about. What we are talking about is that Gunther is the future. And you, you are all hype. Hear that? All hype, all hype. Understood. We're talking about the future. Let's just get to the present. Right? We're here on SmackDown. I like being here on SmackDown. Why don't we do it? You and I next week on SmackDown. You know somebody who can make a match? I know somebody who can make a match. Let's make it official. You want that? You and I next week on SmackDown. Yeah, I want that. Of course I want that. Big mistake. <laughs> All your interviews are like this. That's going to be a fun match. I was hoping he was going to get Ganta. But I guess they can't do it. Oh, they got to keep him protected before the IC belt. You know? Right. We only got to go through no craziness like that right before WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Decent SmackDown. They had a whole match by themselves at the end of the Rumble. <laughs> Pretty decent SmackDown, though. Oh, yeah. Real good. Like I said, light news week. So I'm just sort of cherry picking stories. Ronda Rousey. Uh a video of her workout because remember she's having issues with her right knee she's showing how she's still working out and dealing with it seems okay she tweeted how do you train with no acl cartilage in your right knee as well as a fractured radius focus on what you can do i have some of the most versatile training routines on earth i need to do pt build strength retain flexibility and train technique across multiple disciplines sometimes all in the single session after over two and a half decades of combat training the smallest misstep could result in surgery thankfully Mizanoza just sent me their new TS01 trainer specifically designed for stability while still ultralight so not to aggravate what remains of my knee woohoo check the link in bio to get yours story time two weeks after my ACL reconstruction at 16 years old my mom had me on the floor doing push-ups to teach me a lesson you can sit around and feel sorry for yourself or get off your mopey ass and train with a vengeance it's thanks to the ACL injury I spent an entire year focusing solely on Noaza ground techniques in judo and became the best in the world in arm bars and transitions anyone who doubts me is welcome to try me well, after thousands of dislocations, I thought not tapping out to arm bars and tearing ligaments was cool in my teens. My elbow finally fractured simply by slapping the mat, the mat in Rockford, Illinois, right before WrestleMania. The only thing saving these clicks now, th these chicks now, are the doctors not letting me compete. Well, ladies, they can keep, they can't keep me away forever. I'm not moping. Vengeance is coming. So. There's clarification on what's happening with Ronda. Much as people have been giving her shit, I think it would have been a best, better WrestleMania with her. Oh, of course it was. Like, the, the people giving her shit are the same people 
who were mad that Charlotte beat her when she was when she was here before. Like they don't actually hate Ronda, they just think it's cool at the moment too. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And let's be real, Ronda's tougher than virtually everybody on the internet talking shit. I mean, the girl t- talked about missing parts of her knee. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see her uh, make a fast Yeah, it's good having Ronda around. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate the timing of that shit couldn't suck more, really. She had a good thing going yeah. with Shayna. I don't know. So apparently there was a security guard at the Mons Venus strip club in Tampa. And he's being hailed as a hero because he stopped a shooting attempt from the suspect Michael Rudman, who was arrested after entering the establishment with a fully loaded firearm and a red devil's mask on. Really? What a what psychopath. Fuck? What the fuck is this? The town? Like what? <laughs> wow <laughs> this is so like security guard Manny Resto spotted the gun in Rudman's hand and started fighting with him in the entryway the gun dropped to the ground before Resto picked it up and pointed it at Rudman the suspect then charged Resto but he was eventually subdued and held down by three security guards including Danny Baham until police arrived during the incident one round was fired from the gun but nobody was injured by the bullet Rudman had the words kill and Dark One tattooed on his arms. Oh, I don't think he tattooed those there before he went to shoot the place, to be fair. He was just always thinking about killing and being a Dark One. Don't think that you're just a special strip club or nothing. you know. Anyway, when police arrived, they found two additional fully loaded magazines in his pocket, along with additional ammunition, knives, firearm holsters in his truck. The guy who stopped him, Resto, wrestled previously as the Puerto Rican Punisher. How ironic. Stated that he knew I was in a fight for my life during the incident. I decided he was not going to enter the club and hurt anybody. I wasn't going to let that happen. I was not going to let him win. That's very Frank Castle of you. Anyway, there's no question that the security guards who disarmed this suspect saved dozens of lives through the heroic acts, said interim police chief Lee Burkhaw. I am thankful that our officers were able to take this individual into custody before he had a chance to carry out whatever he had planned. Well, you could tell what he had planned. What the fuck do you mean, whatever he had planned? He had had kill and dark one tattooed on him. He was wearing a red devil's mask, and he had a whole bunch of guns and magazines with him. I can... I I use your imagination. What do you think he had planned? I don't have to. (laughs) No. I... I guess he wanted to play Wii Sports with everyone. (laughs) So now this guy's facing aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, battery, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon, and purchasing or possessing or receiving a firearm while under a risk risk protection order. So he was already had a risk protection order from last year, which is restricting um, access to a firearm for up to one year. I wonder what he did for that one. He was being held in he was being held in jail without bond. And we got the footage. Yay! Let's see what happens. Our security footage, so there won't be any audio of the blows. 
Is that him? Is that him coming in with the Red Devil's mask? That is, right? Yeah. Wow, he just had the gun in his fucking hand like that. How weird, right? Hold on, hold on. Everybody's just hanging out, and that's the ex-Puerto Rican Punisher guy up there. He just walks in. That light. Was he trying to blind the camera, the security camera? You know, the fact that this big burly brother ran up in a red shirt with a devil's mask and just thought he was just going to walk in. I don't know if he thought that far. He wasn't in the shape to execute this kind of massacre. <laughs> you know what you I see mean? why I said big burly, right? Because I didn't want to outright call him fat. <laughs> like, you're in no shape to be a devil guy with a gun. You're lucky that this is the 616 universe. Parker or Stark would have kicked the shit out of you for that. Are you kidding me? Like, you want to stop him? All you got to do is take the gun and run. He ain't going to catch you. Really? Are you kidding tried me? to go in round two and got dropped to a hold into the security door. Guard, I give credit to the security guard for the takedown, but you're lucky that that security guard was soft. Because, unfortunately, if that was me, this would have been a different fucking set of paperwork that needed to be filed. There is no he way wouldn't that have made I disarmed, it back into the camera shot for a second time. There's no way that I disarm somebody, point a gun at them, and they charge me and don't get shot after. After everything that happened at that point, like, unfortunately, <laughs> I guess I'm at least spending the night in jail and getting arraigned. Because after fucking everything that happened, this guy charged me. I had to shoot. You know, I can't believe he didn't shoot. He's th That guy's lucky he didn't get fucking shot. Yes, he once the hand comes lunge out, I'm blasting. Like, thankfully, thankfully I know he, he got to go. Thankfully, he pistol. I like that he he know how to do a proper pistol whip. You know, watch. It's very definitive. <laughs> Did the gun fire when he pistol whipped him? Because what created that smoke around the gun? Watch. Yeah, gun went off. Look like the gun went off from the pistol whip. How ironic. Holy shit. Like, yo, if you go, go shoot up a place, at least be in shape. I'm just kidding. Don't go shoot up no places. Don't do crazy. Like, but... like, thank God that the ex wrestler was the person who was the bouncer, right? <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, the story has a happy ending. Oh, good God. That's, That's some scary shit. Right. That's why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Nice things like guns. Motherfuckers are here crazy. Stop it. He charged him afterwards, though, to me, is the craziest part, you know? Right. Like, how you got the nerve? Like, I already disarmed you. Why you going in for round two? You guys should have stayed whipping his ass a little bit longer, I think. Not just subdue him. Like, at this point, just as, like, a courtesy, you know? Like, you're allowed to whip his ass. It's like, okay. I think that that's, like, almost like a requirement. He had a gun. He came in there with the intention of shooting a bunch of people. And instead, um, you're just kicking his ass and disarming him, you know? Like, I feel like I, like that. I feel like once once it's clear you're going into a place to shoot a bunch of people at bare minimum you don't leave conscious. 
Like the next shot should be them dragging your uncarcass, un unconscious carcass out of the room. Like no. I would have needed more people to come out there to cover the perspective of the camera by crowding up so that they couldn't see me stomping him until I see the first <laughs> red and fucking blue lights coming. Because until I'm sure cops are there, I wouldn't I would exhaust myself. I wouldn't even need Rhonda's workout because I'd be so fucking busy stomping him with both my fucking knees. Like you have no idea, dude. You know, that would be my special round of work. I would kick like, I'm going to whoop your ass till I get tired. I'm not going to whip tired. your ass until either I get tired or I see flashing cop lights somewhere. When one you of these know? two scenarios is achieved, then like, I, I have to hear the walkie. I have to hear the walkie talkie. I have to hear the 754. I have to hear the talkie. <laughs> or, until I know they're close enough to see me stomping the shit out of you <laughs> for having a red devil mask and charging in there with a gun. Like, I'm pretty much. I I don't know who stomped him. There were so many people out here. <laughs> like I'm a, like like I'm gonna whoop your ass with and don't even let you take the mask off. Like I would let my buddies that helped me there hold him so that I could go inside and find somebody with the same shoe size that I could temporarily swap with so that they don't identify <laughs> the footprints that I fucking leave all over you. I <laughs> I don't have thought through this is <laughs> those are not mine i am not wearing reebok Bro, why you thinking, why you thinking this shit through like you waiting for this day your whole life i just give you one time <laughs> because it's complete at that point it's not like we can be empathetic someone wore a devil mask and came with a bunch of armed weapons to charge a place you know i'm just i have no sympathy maybe they were disturbed well i'm fucking disturbed now <laughs> I'm gonna beat the storm down. How about that? Down with the ass whooping. He's disturbed. Oh, yeah, right? ah, ah. Well, we wanted to prevent others from being disturbed. Right. He'll be an example. <laughs> now he gets to be solo disturbed. Now he's undisturbed. And he's such he's so bad. I, I don't want to run it anymore, but the way he flailed his arms, he wasn't killing nobody, even with the gun. He be that guy to go and start shooting and miss every like, shot. Look at the way that his pants fell down. Did you catch that his pants fell down? How did I not catch yes, that last time? Yes, that was time? the first thing I saw when he went down the second time. Like when he charged the second time at the guy who had the gun, he could have he could have died with his pants falling down. Like, bro, you 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 supposed to go in here trying to shoot a bunch of people? You can't even a prop, properly apply a belt. Listen, not often in life are there situations where we are justified in taking a life. That doesn't happen too often i gotta get this back on the screen for my point here you know not often in life are we justified <laughs> in taking a life but to take His a life that's charging you with their pants down this is like a missed opportunity his pants are behind his knees can you imagine that chalk outline if he would have followed through <laughs> Why is there this line between his knees? Oh, that's where his pants stops. That's where his pants stop. <laughs> it's his shorts and his pants. Because you can't touch the body. So I'm, I know we're getting a little dark here, but you can't touch the body. So basically, there'd be a chalk out outline of a dude with his pants around his ass. Not only that, but before they move him, the body would just... And people would be really curious what happened. Like, there's a dead dude, body on the ground and his pants are around his ankles. Just imagine walking <laughs> out of that club. You're about to go home and you see... A chalk equivalent of what it looks like if somebody like mixed and matched body parts with a Michelin man. You know, you could play it off. Just put a Heineken next to his head, right? Man, yeah. 
<laughs> you know how Jared it is. Got these, fucked up. You know how it is on the weekends here. Because the <laughs> because the pants around his ankles kind of sells it, right? You know because God. why would he be dead with his pants around his ankles? <laughs> if you so, if you just put a Heineken next to him, they probably won't even notice he's dead. Oh, he fell asleep. Yeah, he's one a, of those homeless. You got a weekend that Bernie's that shit. <laughs> Man, he was gonna charge the fucking club. Somewhere in there. If he if that security car wasn't there, the way he walked, the way he the speed he was going, you saw the way he was rushing in. If that security guard wasn't there, somewhere in there, in that crowd of people, that motherfucker's pants would have fell. <laughs> and then he would have been he had tripped in the crowd. <laughs> and then he would have been mob stomped. That, oh, they would they would have mosh stomped his ass like somewhere in that he would have pulled his gun his pants would have fell the gun would have shot in the air and everyone would have beat his pants with ass <laughs> yeah beat the pants off him like this guy did not come prepared to be any kind of an assassin <laughs> and that's something really offensive to say to someone who had a fucking gun but yeah this guy was not assassin ready thank Fire god arm have a weight limit Thank God, firearms. That's at some time we have to be grateful with having a firearm isn't synonymous with being intelligent, because he was practically harmless. <laughs> it was the security guards up there, but look at this guy. If you're coming to a place to, to create a massacre and your army fatigues fall off, you were not fucking ready. And then the first few people beat you. You didn't even make it into the club. There's way worse people with a club. And since it's a club, I'm going to just guess and say that there might be other people in there with firearms. You know, that could have turned into a real bad thing. He wouldn't have made it out. It would have been more casualties, but this guy wouldn't have survived. What if somebody who, like if a real motherfucker's in there with a gun and sees this pantsless motherfucker walking around with pants around his ankles like a toddler with his gun in the air, would have shot him right in the fucking face. I, some people just don't think shit through. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, the best part about it. It's all I can see in my head is this motherfucker going through trying to shoot people in this club all the while doing that thing you see some people do when their pants don't fit right. They're constantly reaching, trying to hold them up extra high so they sit right. Yeah, like am, like, am I to believe that he's potentially the only person who's armed in this whole place in a strip club? If motherfuckers ain't got guns, they showing up got knives and shit. They cut some bacon off your back, bro. Don't do that. Bro, we know the security guard saved his life. He could have walked through the very next door and then they would have just gunned him straight the fuck down. <laughs> it would look like when somebody runs into the ring for a save, but they're the only one who came in for the save, like against a whole faction. Like they just slide in and stay on the ground getting stopped. Like you wouldn't even really made it past the door before he died. What a fool. Oh my God. You know some of these places, they got security on the inside and the outside. <laughs> Oh, my that God. is hilarious. I didn't think that the footage caught that much. That's why I read the whole story. I didn't think we'd literally see the guy like with the devil mask walk in. Not today, fat boy. Yeah, fool. See, if he meant business, which he didn't, thank goodness. Obviously, if anybody's ever seen a good action movie, the first thing that you're doing is you're taking out the security guards on the way in. Well, you the first thing you're doing is getting a proper belt. Like, you're right-handed and he's on your right side when you're walking toward the door. I'm not trying to be evil here or anything. 
but that's just not the way that you would have made it through there is what I'm going to really say I bet that was his first one and probably his last one now well actually it might be his step second one, one step one of shootout proper belt step two pants that fit that might be his second one remember he already has like some sort of a thing where he's not allowed to carry a firearm for a year You know what would be cool? If like you can make like a movie out of this, right? Oh my god. Trust me, this is how movies are made, man. People usually when it's based on a true story, it's only based on a very small part. Because like next, the security guard saw something in him from himself and he goes and he visits him in prison or in a in holding or whatever. And he gives him like an ad before he gets out and he trains him to be a wrestler. There you go. That's a good plot, right? Oh, and, God. And somehow, whatever wrestler he becomes will incorporate that devil shit into it. No? That's fucking. Well, you know you will watch it. It's a story of redemption and forgiveness. And better fitting pants. Yeah. And belts, exactly. It's art. You don't need pants, but you sure enough need a fucking belt that fits. And that's only when it's art. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. So Bianca Belair recently spoke to East Tennessee. They did like a documentary on her. Yes, um, East Tennessee, the EST of East Tennessee. I wonder if they meant to do that. I don't think they did, but I'm glad it worked they out. Had to have. I mean, the, yeah, right. It doesn't work out either way. This is like Channel Ten. There was an interview in WBIR. This is in her hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, yeah, she talks a little bit about her climb to the top and just how she feels now in the position she's in with the company. I'm gonna link you guys to the whole thing. We'll just kind of jump through it. WWE, which means that I am the strong S, the fast S, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best. That's what I am. That makes me the EST of WWE. Well, actually, figures that's a Funko Pop. That's actually the size her head was when she was born. I mean, it's compared to her body. She's always had that star quality. When she was little, she told me that. I want to grow up and I want to be on stage and I want people to throw roses at me. The world knows Knoxville native and WWE superstar Bianca Blair as her on-air persona. Terrible reporter. Blair. But to her parents, she's just being- Watch. Her name's really Bianca Blair. Very adventurous. Even from that age, doing something that would scare you to death up in a tree, way up in a tree. I set up cameras for him and and she and her friends would do talk shows and all kinds of stuff. She's just very creative in her mind. Always, she's always had a little project going of some sort. Bianca came by her penchant for entertainment, honestly. Her father, Leonard, was a member of a band with his siblings known as the Blair Brothers. We did basically oldies, which was a good market as far as traveling around the country, doing country clubs, and we've done shows with the Four Tops, uh, 
you know, open up for Ray Charles and Maria Osmond, all, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of country music folks. Looking to help their daughter find a focus for her need to entertain and be active, Bianca's parents signed her up for ballet. We went to a recital. And when she would land, the mirrors in the room was shaking and stuff. I'm like, I don't know about this. So put her in gymnastics. Bianca kept trying out new things. She actually played flag football for, for a couple seasons. Until she landed on track and field. A lot of kids would just come out and they would just sprint down the track, you know, just straight out of the womb. But she had to work hard for it. Bianca ran with her newfound passion all the way to high school, where she expanded her competitive horizons even more and became a triple threat at Austin East. She played basketball, she was a cheerleader, and she ran track. However, track is where her heart lied, and she pursued it into higher education. That's where she got scholarships, and she had a lot of scholarship offers um, for track and field, Division I offers. She picked South Carolina. They had great hurdles programs and coaches and stuff like that. Well, when she got there, she got injured, and um, so she transferred to Texas A&M. She went there and she trained and then she rehabbed. And when she got healthy, she wanted to come home. So she came back and that's when she went back to UT. During her career at the University of Tennessee, Bianca earned both the All-SEC and All-American honors. But after graduation, decided that a career in track was not for her. She returned to a normal life until she was inspired by a suggestion from one of her siblings. She worked at the Sunsphere for a while. And, uh, and she worked direct TV. She sold direct TV. And um, then she decided, uh, her brother said, you know, why don't you get into CrossFit? So she said, yeah, it's something that I'd like to do. You know, it's competition and she liked lifting weights and she got into CrossFit. I saw these women with these big, beautiful muscles and I was like, my body can do that. And I started doing CrossFit. I was making, wearing my own outfits and these elaborate outfits. And she started, um, having her own twist to it. She decided, you know, I don't want to go out there and look in, you know, just in sweats and, you know, top tank tops. I'm going to put a twist to it. I'm going to make my own gear. So she started making her own gear and wearing tutus and big bows. And she said, I can be pretty and lift weights and have muscles. One of the outfits Bianca made when she first got into CrossFit. Came out in a tutu and everybody. Well, she was right. If uh, the only thing is, if it wasn't for the outfit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> like you're right. You could be you could be pretty and fit, but then you put that ugly ass outfit on top of it. You kind of ruined the effect, you know. You know, you would have been way better not doing. Like, good lord, it looks like fucking. I hate to say it, but it looks like a, like very tooth fairy esque. I'm not talking about. She, the, look, she uh, looks like a saint Row character in this one. Yeah, don't thank. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's just so fucking weird. That is such a strange look. I just, I just never expected to see muscles and uh, tutu in the same place. Like it's just, a, it's not that it's terrible. It's just an image like you're not mentally ready to see. Like this is just too tutu for you. Oh, stop! Quote it. I was, I was about to say I've had to quote it. Oh God, that's gonna be a fun one to type out. <laughs> I'm gonna try. We don't have a ticker on the screen. When I get back to the other one, remind me to put two 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 for you. <laughs> she came out and that was her first competition. That was in Miami, and some of the young ladies that were already in the sport they, they wanted to ridicule her a little bit, and she came out and just drilled them. 
And they were like, well, maybe I should get a tutu. And I mean, by the time competition was over, they knew exactly who she was. Bianca was flourishing in her CrossFit dreams, but unfortunately, her career had to be cut short due to an injury. But I was training really, really, really hard to, to compete for the CrossFit Games, and I just I overtrained. Um, got a little obsessed with working out, and I got injured. Uh, I injured my sternum, intercostal costochondritis, so I had a rib issue. She, she had this thing with a rib, where ribs would come out of place and stuff like that. She, she was just like, Gotten through it. I mean, before she would go and compete in CrossFit, I'd have to get on top of her and just push her ribs back into place. I really thought that that was what was for me. Whoa. I, I got so good so quickly in CrossFit. She still deals with that to this day. I kind of just settled down, and I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I had a job. I just settled down. I thought that was pretty much it for me, and I was just going to live my life. But in the midst of it all, Mark Henry had actually been contacting me, um, who's a Hall of Famer with WWE, and had been saying that he saw a video of me doing CrossFit, and he saw uh, something in me and said that I had what it took to be a WWE superstar, and he got me a tryout. It was kind of like just being at the right place at the right time, and I felt like this is either too good to be true or it's a perfect fit. And it took me two tryouts, and now I'm, I'm here, and it feels like this is... WWE is like my soulmate. Becoming a WWE superstar may have been a bit ironic for Bianca. Her brother watched wrestling when, when they were coming up. They would fight over remotes. She you want to watch Nickelodeon. He wants to watch wrestling. and uh, So she never watched wrestling growing up. Faced with a new challenge of entering the world of sports entertainment, Bianca had to overcome her own self-doubt to begin her ascent to the top. Being new, being brand new, trying to navigate a new career, trying to navigate a new environment, dealing with imposter syndrome of, am I really supposed to be here? People going to really figure out that I'm new to this. Now, I really don't know what I'm doing initially um, and because I've been an athlete my whole life. I was able to usually apply anything that I've learned in any other sport. And in WWE, it's an art within itself. You know, it's, it's not just competing, it's performing. So it was really wrapping my mind around just starting from the bottom and working my way up and just being confident in myself. But her parents knew from the very beginning that she would go on to be something truly special. For my first promo, I was like, hey, she might be on to something here. We would see her in her training. She would send her send us videos of her just doing the stuff behind the scenes and stuff. I said, oh, she, she's pretty good. And then when they would see her doing wrestling moves, you know, I would go like, Looks like she's been doing it for a while. Once arriving at the WWE Performance Center for training, Blair was able to draw inspiration from another woman built like she was. For me in 2016, when I started with WWE, it was Beth Phoenix who automatically stood out to me. She was the glamazon. She embraced her beauty and her strength and her muscles. And I admired her for that because I naturally was a very muscular kid. And um, so seeing her pick up two girls at one time and throw them over her head, I was like, that's what I want to do. And so she's really been a huge inspiration for, for me. One of Bianca's first breakout moments came in the 2017 May Young Classic. I tournament. thought that the inspiration was going to be that she wanted to kiss Kali. Well-known uh, oh. she was from uh, Japan, and the match went over well, and everybody was like, "Wow, she she might be around for a while with the way she performed and stuff." Because she did a 450 splash on Curry Sane, I lost my mind. I'm like, "Wow." Kyrie Sane would go on to beat Bianca and win the entire tournament. Bianca then moved on to WWE's developmental brand NXT. Let me, let my lyrics leave a seat.
I am the strongest, I'm the toughest, I'm the roughest, I'm the quickest, I'm the fastest, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. In 2018, while performing on WWE's Gold Brand, she made a stop in Knoxville and competed at the Civic Coliseum. This is where I graduated high school from, and now I'm a WWE superstar, something I never imagined that would be, and now I can't imagine myself being anything other than what I am now, so to come back here and do it in front of my family and my friends, it was just a, a great night. Bianca had an opportunity at the NXT women's title against champion Ember Moon. She felt that everything she had learned from her time in that? growing up would allow her to put on a great show. They did a Phoenix show up in NXT. Was that like a one-time author? I feel like I'm able to use all of my talent. That ref's new. I've never seen it before. Amber Moon. Show my athleticism. I'm able to show my talents, my strength. I mean, to I'm be real. I'm able to show my creative side. Amber Moon. It almost sounds like that's a pun for black ass. But Bianca had won the hearts of her home. <laughs> what are you trying to make fun of, Adina? I was wondering. I'm just thinking about it, right? Couldn't an Ember Moon be a black ass? No, I've never thought about that. Oh shit! That's my little sister. I love her, and I'm, I'm proud of her and everything she's doing. Bianca would continue competing on NXT and even competed in the first women. Thank God, Bianca has a better name. Until she was called up to the main roster in 2020, she began her time on the Raw brand before being drafted to SmackDown later in the year. In January of 2021, she competed as one of 30 women in the annual Royal Rumble match. The winner would go on to compete for the Women's World Championship at that year's WrestleMania. She entered the match at number three and outlasted 28 other competitors, finding herself standing across the ring from Ray Ripley. As the Why do they use so many toys in this to represent them? I've been wondering that the whole time. Does the dad always wear Nike and Jordan stuff? Is that his gimmick? I don't know. Every time we see him, he's rocking Jordans. I was overcome with emotion. But then a few seconds later, I looked to the left of me and I saw the WrestleMania sign and it hit me that that I'm going to WrestleMania. The moment's just trying to sink in right now. I'm, I've been crying off and on since Sunday. It's become a part of my daily routine. <laughs> Not only did she win the Rumble, but Bianca Belair made history in the process. When I won the Warrior Rumble, I didn't even realize that I was the first black woman to win the Warrior Rumble until afterwards. And that was special to me because just by me being unapolog unapologetically me and going after my goals and my dreams, I made history. So I want that to be inspiration to other people. You don't have to go to the history books to find history. History lies within you. This is what was amazing to me. She's on the side of the parking garage at the Tampa Bay Stadium. The main event of the first night of WrestleMania 37 was set. Bianca Belair versus WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, the boss, Sasha Banks. The match also held historic significance, marking the first time that two African-Americans, male or female, headlined WWE's biggest show of the year. And to be a part of history by being the first black woman with Sasha Banks to main event WrestleMania, to be an inspiration for other people, that's what this is all about. It was just bigger than just about me and bigger than just about Sasha. It was about representation, so that's, that's what was most important in that moment. After a grueling 17 minutes and 15 seconds, Bianca Belair defeated Sasha Banks at the grandest stage of them all to become WWE SmackDown Women's Champion in a match that would become an instant classic. That whole entire day was a, a whirlwind for me to go from where I had come from. We can talk about was after WrestleMania being smacked her Becky Champion. Lynch match. No, I didn't come on in this moment. And in those moments like that, I don't think so. <laughs>
<laughs> that would be interesting. So I just wanted to, I had so much emotion, I didn't know what to do with it, and all I could think about was just praying and being so thankful. Bianca's father had a very different reaction to his daughter winning the championship. That is my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> I got putting a headlock on that. Man, that guy, I see that guy coming toward me. He's security. He was coming to get me. I, I got, I get a little bit excited. Through all her trials and tribulations, Bianca had risen to the top of her profession. Oh, it's the best feeling in the world. It feels like I am a kid waking up on Christmas morning every single day with every present that I could possibly ask for. And it's just amazing to represent SmackDown and be the EST of WWE. So I'm just so happy to have this and I'm planning on holding on, holding on to this for as long as possible. Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks won the ESPY for WWE Moment of the Year. And Belair was voted number one female wrestler in the world in 2021 by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Bianca held on to her championship for an impressive 133 days before losing to Becky Lynch at that year's SummerSlam. In the 2021 roster draft, Bianca switched brands from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw. And by that time, the Raw champion... Wow, they really did a book report on her, huh? ...defeated Blair for the... They did, they research. I'm a new face to Raw. Um, I'm going to be the EST of Raw. I'm going after the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch is our champion right now. So you can look forward to, to me going at it with Becky Lynch and trying to become the Raw Women's Champion. Blair got her shot at redemption at WrestleMania 38. One year after making history, she defeated Becky Lynch to become the Raw Women's Champion. And in doing so, conquered her demons as well. This year when I defeated Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, before the match I kept saying, forget you imposter syndrome, forget you imposter syndrome, you can do this, you can do this. Yeah, this is uh, one of my prized possessions right here. You teared up a little when you got that gift. No, not at all. Did she tell you that? WWE is the place where Bianca could thrive while maximizing her creativity and athleticism. It's also the place where she found love. She met her husband in, in wrestling, so it's great, I mean, because they're working together. WWE is very hard on as far as your time element and stuff, but they get to be together. So it's worked out great for them. Fans know him as Montez Ford one half of the street profits but to bianca and her family he is kenneth crawford he's my biggest he looks like fan. a kenneth i'm his biggest fan <laughs> you look like kenny so it's really cool to do what i love with the person that i love and we get to travel together and accomplish these amazing things together and experience them and i, get yeah, I love the work they did on this Tennessee and show him around and it's, it's just really cool to be with the person that i love and do what i love at the same time In 2022, Blair once again returned to perform in Knoxville. This time, she visited her old high school, Austin East. So I really wanted to go back and just contribute and give back and show them that greatness lives inside of them. I walk those same hallways as them and greatness is inside of me because of that. So I want to be inspiration for them to, to, to you know, love where they come from, but strive for more and for, for roadrunners to rise and go out there and live. What they can see see is like she she came from here, she's from Austin East. You know, I've had people say, "I'm so glad that she 
uh, comes out, you know, when they announce them and they'll say where they're from. And, they'll, and I've heard people say, I'm so glad she says she's from Knoxville. Because a lot of people would say, oh, I'm from Atlanta or I'm from here or there. They said they won't say exactly where they're from. And so a lot of them would say, you know, she's one of ours. She came from our community. You know, you can do this. Look, look what she did. You can do this too. And it's just so cool to go back to, to, to my stomping grounds and where I'm from, my roots, because I would not be here where I am today without Austinese and everything that they instilled in me. So it was really special. Blair would be competing at Thompson Bowling Arena this time. And coming home helped her put all her accomplishments into perspective. Well, ever since I, you know, my first time being in Knoxville, I was become SmackDown Women's Champion. I'm now Raw Women's Champion. I won the Royal Rumble. I main event at WrestleMania. Um, I've just had so many accomplishments here in WWE. And so now to come back and now bring the title back to Knoxville, I'm Raw Women's Champion. And I wasn't able to bring the title back last time I was here. So to be in front of my family with the Raw Women's Championship, um, I feel like I'm celebrating with them. Before her match, though, she had to stop for her favorite East Tennessee meal. I always say, I always try to go to Buddy's Barbecue if I can possibly, because there's not Buddy's anywhere else, I don't think, other than Knoxville. I always go for the barbecue pork <laughs> and the hush puppies. Bianca Belair is the longest reigning African-American world champion in WWE history, male or female and continues to be at the head of the table for women's wrestling. We are breaking barriers as women. We're not fitting into these little boxes anymore. We have Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and Lacey Evans that are, that are mothers, and now they're coming back and showing that we can have it all and we can do it all. So I'm here at an amazing time in WWE. Just being able to be a part of these amazing moments that are so much more than just about wrestling. It's about representation. It's about inspiring people, not just in the United States, but across the world um, that transcends across all religions, races, genders. It doesn't matter who you are. It's, it's being an inspiration to people. So that's really what it's about, just traveling, experiencing new things, meeting new people, new cultures, and being a part of these amazing moments that are bigger than just being about me. situation is uh, what she uh, projects in a positive way with these, these kids right here. And, you know, she's setting a great example. Well, I'm, I'm extremely proud of her. She's caught on to what she needed to do to be successful. And whatever she did, you know, you got to work hard. You just got to work hard at it. And uh, so I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm proud of her. Uh, very proud of her. I'm really happy that he has that she's come full circle. And WWE has made her come full circle because it's everything. It's from track, from gymnastics, to the, lip, the lips that she has on her signature, the competition part of it, you know, and also the entertainment part. So it's all just come together for in WWE. I feel like I'm kind of at the forefront of this new generation of women's wrestling that's coming through. But to be, you know, the champion and represent, um, especially raw women's roster, to be the person that's representing our roster means everything to me. Um, I hold the responsibility greatly. And um, it's just a feeling. It's something that I can't describe, but I'm just taking it, I'm running with it, and I want to carry this momentum and continue to build my legacy.
pretty damn cool. Well, I'm watching yeah. pretty much the whole entire thing just because it was entertaining. Yeah, they 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 did they do justice for sure. Yeah, I mean it's, it's someone in their town, so I guess the news is gonna focus on that person, you know. Oh yeah, makes the most sense. All right. Next up, let's talk some NXT. NXT, NXT. Episode 673, 673. At the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And and deliver. But main event style. Last week I told both you bobbleheads to mind your business while grown folk are talking. Hey, and don't get it twisted, man. Last week I was so dripped out. Hey, don't do all that cute stuff with me, man. Hey! How about you try to mind your business while grown folk are talking? I only speak the king's English, you see, so I don't know what you were saying, but if you were hinting at having a match, if you jeopardize the main event, then we accept Pretty Deadly versus the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Carmelo Hayes and his tag partner, Braun Breaker. Sneaky, sneaky. Carmelo looked like, motherfucker, I did not sign off on this. He's like, I don't need Braun to beat up these guys. I don't want anything happen to you. No excuses. And stand and deliver. That was all Trick Mellow game, man. We had that. We didn't need Braun's help. When I always have your back, yes. You need to know how Braun moves in the ring. Bring your pen and your paper. You'll be ready for stand and deliver. Easy money. That's a dub. We'll take care of business. I'll make sure of that. You have the cheat code. And that's all it's going to be. All right, Dan. <laughs> do hope that Roxanne Press has Good strategy by Trip. Look, Trip's looking off of his boy. Good show. NXT Women title qualifying match. Indy Hardwell against Tiffany Stratton. Indy's attitude gave her no kind of clout, no kind of momentum whatsoever. Done. Angry Indy didn't do shit. They need to just bring her up to the way with everybody else. She's had like the successful equivalent of the world culture. Just no success. All rage. Shame, but the girl's really good in the ring. Yeah, unfortunately, she's not as good as uh, Zoe Stark. She's not as good as Solo Ruka, Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton, like it. You know, like, there's a lot of good. It's a really competitive place right now in NXT. This is very easy to get lost in the shuffle in any division. That doesn't mean it's over for her, but I'm just saying, you know. Like right now, she's swimming against the current. Like she's gotta start. She gotta switch something up. That triple jump moonsault she has is crazy. I mean, we can talk about her being high maintenance. She took high risk. Will we find out who Wesley is next? Gigi Dolan. What's your thoughts on the field so far? As unfortunate as it is, if it wasn't for Roxanne being hurt, this match wouldn't even be happening. Sorry, not sorry. She made my life a living hell. Mackenzie, you remember the last time I was in a ladder match? I 
won. I'm willing to do whatever I have to do to rip that title okay. down. Love the confidence you got going on, but did you see that I just won and now I'm in the match? That woman's championship is mine. Oh my gosh, another Tiffany epiphany. I'm gonna win by climbing the ladder all the way to the tippy top. <laughs> I love it. Can you prove that attitude? Toodles. Holy pop, Batman. <laughs> wow, wow. Thank you all. Nice to meet you, Wes. Very nice to meet you, dog. Me encanta. Me fascina. I love the chaos. I want to be part of that open challenge. Against. I've been following your career. I have constantly wondered what it would be like if you and I were to tangle. Let's make it official. You got the first spot. I'll see you in LA. Yeah. Would you look what it is? Wesley, Dragon Lee, Felice. It's funny you two are here, here running your mouths, but the best in the world. Where's Spike Lee then? He's new here. What's your excuse? What's your excuse going to be once Ilya rips you apart? I think you should count yourself extremely lucky. I haven't had my eyes in that title. You wouldn't be standing here at all. Yeah. Speak of the devil. See, I'm scared of a man orchestrating his own music. Hey, looks like Indy Hartwell isn't going to stand and deliver. But we are tag team champ. Listen, Alba and Isla are really I've had enough, Kiana. I know what's going on. Alan, you don't have to worry. I'm not even thinking about the women's champion. That's I'm not what I'm talking about. Sebastian, I have no idea what you're talking about. This is kind of Save it. I was in your office. What? You were in my office? How'd you even get past security? Last week, I saw your planner and the card. The card? How did you get past security? That's not what matters. This is like my family, and you might not care about them, but I do. I might be up on the conniving Kiana James. That girl hasn't been up to anything so far in any of their investigations. <laughs> no, it's like a bang. <laughs> when she started with them, she was kind of a heel, right? And then ever yeah. since, like, she's been fine. <laughs> it's so funny. It'd be great if it just there's just nothing wrong. Oh my god. How generous are they to give us JD McDonough versus Eli Dragnoff on just a regular random Tuesday? Oh, it's like Christmas in March. Interesting how a little move that rebound clothesline. He calls it the Constantine Special, named after his son. I mean, Gunther's very tough. I bet he doesn't wake up every day wanting a rematch against Eli Dragnoff, though. No, I'd fucking all. <laughs> Gunther looked like he was he suffering. He must be so happy they're not on the same show. Gunther looked like he was suffering. You know, like he didn't want to be there after a while. 
Like this guy's mean, man. He'll He's kill you. Frightening. Like the scariest the type of people to fight are the people that do not care whatsoever about their physical safety, and Dragunov epitomizes that. Him versus Gunther might be one of the greatest NXT matches of all time. It, it was the best match of the empty arena era. Come on. We can't have an outcome. Listen, I'm not trying to do it either. Good. All right. We have an opportunity to make something special here. I'm not going to let two clowns, pretty deadly, or you two, screw it up. What do you mean by that? He's always up to something. I just wanted you to share the ring with the future. You want the best to stand deliver. So do I. And let's finish this. All right. Bet it. Yeah, tag match tonight. Tag match tonight. Good doing business with you. <laughs> there you go. Stop being so creepy. Trip. Riled up after what we just saw. It seems like chaos follows you everywhere. Ilya and JD are never going to be done with each other. JD has been in my face, and I am sick and tired of it. So he's got the second spot. Ilya is known as Europe's finest. He's got the third now. So JD McDonough, Ilya Dragunov, and you've already agreed to Dragon Lee. There's only one spot left. Who's it going to be? I don't think. Room in the car for one more. I know you really want this dog. You have been close so many times. But unfortunately, so have many others. If I really want to give everybody the shot, there's only one way that I can truly think about it. Next week, the chaos continues. We're about to have ourselves a battle royal, y'all. And the winner gets the fifth and final spot. It's cool with me. All I wanted was an opportunity. Now I have it. There we go. Axiom. Look who it is. Even better. Big body Javi. That's fucked up. He's the future. Yeah, I love that he came <laughs> So much heat. You guys thought you were getting Gargano. No, oh, you got a big body hoppy. I like how he has an annoyed face, like, oh, I can't believe he's coming out. Like, son of a bitch, it's a real thing. <laughs> oh, that was the shortest big body Javi run ever. Grayson! Grayson Waller! You want to make things personal? You want to raise the stakes? Let's raise the stakes. In my King Quest, what's up? He says the, the bitch ooze when he came to the ring. Jason <laughs> Waller versus Johnny Gargano in an unsanctioned match. Right there. You get fired up tonight, huh? And when I left you a beaten man on your front lawn, you're upset about last week. An unsanctioned match? You really want to embarrass yourself again on the biggest stage NXT has? That's too far even for you. I need you banned from the building. If I even catch a glimpse of you, I ain't signing left. That's going to get you an unsanctioned and fine. Deal. Let's do it. Oh, more big body Harvey. You 
For like two more seconds. Eddie Thorpe. Last week, Tatum Paxley walked out on you. I can only imagine how devastated you are. Yeah, I was surprised like everyone else. It took me a long time to trust someone like I trusted Tatum. You know, she's a little out there. So Julius and Brutus and I just kind of let her do her own thing. So for her to say that we were never a team, just really, tonight, it's not about her. Tonight, I have a huge opportunity. I get a chance to go to Stand and Deliver and possibly become the new women's champ. There you go. That's an optimistic way to look at it. NXT Women's Title Qualifying Match: Lyra Valkyria versus Ivy Nile. It's always hard not to go Lyra Valkyrie. Right. <laughs> I always want to call her Lyra Valkyrie every time. I bet they do too. Really decent showing though. Mm -hmm. This is a chick that they tried to mess up last week with the woke shit, right? Yeah. But she had to defend herself on social media for liking a post. Good God. Nice German. Another L for the Volks. Spinning heel kick solid. Is that her finisher? Spinning heel? Yep. Hmm. Not the best looking one I've seen, but it looks alright. Surprise, motherfucker. Which bitches? Yeah, see? Maybe you should be paying more attention to your own shit. Yo, fucking that, that last shot of Isla Dog kills me. Hey, look, look at how she mean girl walks away. Look at this shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So fucked up. Hold on. <laughs> There's no way I can't screenshot that, you know. If that don't look like the rich bitch in high school, I don't know what does. I don't know if she meant to do that, but <laughs> which bitches? Well, I got me a good name for WWE 23. There you go. Fuck it. Find you a call of Isla Dawn. There you go. Oh my god. <laughs> that might be the shot. That might be it the one. Be. You can't tell Bruce. It's gotta come. Okay. Great debate. It happens. Hey bitch, I say you for my ass whooping. I'm still snitching. Fuck you. Like <laughs> Something like that. It's like each and every one of you. Wes, I'll see you at Stand and Deliver. Don't think that I forgot about you. I will stop, but there's no one that will stop me in this battle royale. Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome everyone to The Great Debate. I'm Blake Howard, and we're here with two groups that feel they have the best teaching methods, the schism, and Andre Chase University. <laughs> How has your group approached the topic of inclusion? Togetherness has always been the founding principle of the schism. Ava presented you with a gift, an opportunity to remove your mask. The schism 
will welcome you with open arms. I mean, Ava did give me a mask. I don't know. Um, our university has passion. It's nice to feel included in things. That's what I think about inclusion. What the f*** was that? How does your group make you feel safe? The world is a harsh and uninviting place. Knowing that there is safety under the schism's tree allows our minds and bodies to wander freely beyond. Webster's Dictionary to oh, uh, Look at that person to the bottom left of her. I'm going to turn off the chat for a minute here. <laughs> right? Bitch. <laughs> You couldn't keep it together for this one shot. <laughs> oh, she's especially evil. It's an evil sneer, one or the other. She's oh doing her best God. evil sneer there. <laughs> right, Kiko's like, why you look like that? Like, y'all fix your face. <laughs> Sounds the motherfucker. <laughs> look at that shit. That bitch look at she plotting like a muck. How would you rate the preparedness of the other members of your group? They are not prepared. A reprogrammed wind-up toy. They don't know which way's up. Moderator, tally the scores. Pardon my tardiness, Mr. Chase. Mind if I toss my cap into the ring on this one? How would you sum up the experience of your group? It's simple. Four roots, one tree. I can objectively say that to excel in NXT inside Squared Circle, it takes a big, strong mind to collaborate and learn with a willingness to listen to what others have to say, just as they would for you. And the growth of Chase University is the growth of NXT. Thank you, Tyler. That was incredible. You four low lives versus us. And a deliver. There's nothing left to gain here. Put up the score. Stand and deliver when it gets control of Chase University. Why? Don't they have their own university? Chism, schism, or whatever? It's tag team action. It's next. Anyway. Main event. Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes being accompanied by Trick Williams against Pretty Deadly's Elton Prince and Kit Wilson. This was an intriguing match. This Here's yeah, something to keep them warm going into the WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Keep everybody busy. Keep everybody fresh. Nobody gets lazy. Yeah. This is one of the better shows, even though it's plummeting in the ratings. I think they did like one of the lowest total viewership since last year. This week, 550,000.12 in the 18 to 49 demographic. They're really plummeting, but it's not the show's not bad. Yeah, it's not the quality of the show, it's just people not watching. It is a shame. But I like that Hayes and Breaker got along this whole match. It wasn't like constant. Is he gonna turn? Is he not? It's like, no, they just they didn't like slap each other's chest or anything. You know, he attack you and uh Right, like, no, they just handle business. Like, oh, then don't want a person to tag it back. You tag my back? Why do you tag my back? Oh, you guys got to pay attention to hitting you while you're... Like, no, that bullshit. I know exactly what you mean. 
That's what I was expecting, and we didn't get it. Like they both had enough common sense to know we're gonna de- we're gonna do this a stand and deliver. Let's handle this right now. <laughs> Thank you for the follow, Green Bay Packer fan. One, two, three. Welcome to Talk Brunch. So yeah, thank you very that, much. Yeah, that was NXT episode six seventy three. Pretty solid. Like I said, ratings are having a little bit of a struggle there, but aside from that, uh, the show's good. You know, this is like Sean knows his booking. Oh, for sure. Okay, where are we gonna let the news take us next? Oh God. Uh, fuck it should we pull the fill bandage off this thing you want yeah cause somebody decided to show their ass again <laughs> and then delete their ass well let's see what we got here so uh the first thing that happened was uh cm punk referenced a story did i get him up on the screen for this it's probably more professional even if i have a cm punk stock picture here he referenced a story that was uh that was being told right was his first hint i mean i guess the indications are that he wants to come back is that what we're hearing that's what i'm guessing it is so basically uh there was a wrestling veteran, Steve Kern, who in his book, The Kern Chronicles, Volume 1, The Fabulous Wrestling Life of Steve Kern, um, Punk tweeted in regards to a story that happened there where wrestlers Gator and Coco got into a fight in the locker room, but it was eventually settled by Jerry Lawler in his office. And Punk tweeted, great story about Gator and Coco fighting in the locker room. And then Jerry Lawler drags him in the office and the next day they squash it. And people took that as a hint that maybe that's what he wants to do with the Bucks. And with everybody else, he wants to come back and squash it. But then I say, like, why would you want to work with a bunch of fucking children? Right. Didn't you say that was your issue? Like after your little press conference after you won the world title again before you got hurt again the the problem wasn't the fight you already had a problem with them you just made it that they also then had a problem with you the product the problem was a byproduct of the situation you know if that makes any sense so i mean yeah. i don't know what, what what changed on his part that would make him want to be a part of that and then the other thing, where did he post this other thing that he deleted afterwards? Oh, this was on I believe, I believe it was Instagram. So this was on his Instagram. Because that looks like the format of like of um stories on Instagram. Is this his explanation for that match that he had on Dynamite before the pay per view where he hurt his leg and he goes ah and then he loses like right away? Some shit, I guess. I, I don't even know. I'm guessing this must be the the time that he's recalling here but he says sigh i wasn't clear to come back to wrestle yet the plan was to wrestle at the pay-per-view i sat and listened to moxley's rocky 3 idea i explained how i'd never seen a rocky movie which i gotta say is interesting for someone who lives in chicago 
and thought the idea sucked, but if the boss wanted me to do it, whatever. He said he wouldn't lose to me. I never experienced someone refusing to lose to me. I just laughed. I asked Tony Khan if this was what he wanted. He said yes. He's the boss. I said okay, but I need to be cleared first. They kept saying it could be just a squash match, so I didn't need to be cleared. I scoffed at that. My health is more important. Dave Meltzer is a liar. Chris Jericho is a liar and a stooge. There were plans, but plans always change. But I'll never put a company above my health ever again. I mean, it was a squash, and he wasn't in any danger. There was hardly even a match there. I just didn't see the point in it. Right. And that's just a weird thing to say, like, oh, they wouldn't clear me for a match, so they said, just, let's just make it a squash. Like, I mean, that's their shitty booking. To be real with you. Like, like that part of it doesn't surprise me. Like, yeah, I can't. They're, they're making a squash match. That didn't, didn't shock me at all. And not being clear thing, that, I don't know. Yeah, but he deleted it afterwards. Yeah, see, that's the part that I feel like it shoots a lot of the credibility of that down. Because, like, if that's all true, why do you got to delete it? Because, at least from my experiences from social media, you disable comments or delete something when you don't want to get called out. Why does he even care if he didn't want anything? It didn't sound like he was happy there. It's because he just, it, it's back. It, what, here we are again. He leaves the company, doesn't talk for a while, and now he probably won't shut the fuck up for God knows how long. Like, dude, you said all you needed to say at the little media scrum. Like, we don't need to hear from you anymore. <laughs> like, everybody at AEW at this point has moved on. They're trying to do their own thing, trying to get back up to where they were before. I think the moral but of the story is when you're not happy somewhere, leave. There's something that right. I've learned in my experiences in life is that no good can stay in a situation where you're not happy. It eventually just erupts. Don't wait for it to get better. Just go. And that, that to me is an example of it. The fact that he was already unhappy at that press conference. He already ex expressed his disdain, which means this was going on for a while. And then it just fucking erupted, man. Sometimes it's just not even worth it. Like, you would think he would have learned from his time in WWE. If you're not happy, you're not getting treated right. Why do you stay? Because once you stay at that point, it's on you. Like you're choosing to deal with that situation even longer. <sighs> it, it's like it just it doesn't make any sense. No, no. It once I saw this sense. thing pop up again, I was like, "Oh fuck, here we go again." Here we go again with good old CM Punk. Wanted to do a back and forth. Probably show up on a fucking podcast somewhere and spell his guts again. Do another two parts of that and then show up in another wrestling company like seven years later. Like, <sighs> I'm not sure what they should do at this point. I mean, I, I don't think that they needed him in the first place. Like a good example, and I'm only segueing into this briefly, but Goldberg's a free agent and we're hearing all the companies like Impact's interested and Tony Khan might be interested. And to me, right there is the problem. These companies go from having an identity and an image that they want to present to being like Goldberg's a free agent. 
how the fuck does that in any way fit into the image of what AEW is or what the kind of wrestling that you guys have? Where it would matter. Any wrestling company, how does Goldberg is a free agent? Like, no. Don't your guys actually wrestle there? Like, you know, if Tony Khan's crazy enough to do that, they might as well shoot AEW. They might as well take AEW behind the, behind the barn and shoot it at that point. But it just goes to show that it's no longer really about the specific niche wrestling that they want to present. It's just about who they can get. Who they can pop Tony's just with. become the guy who's like, let me stick it to stick it to WWE. That's been his whole thing. You know, they, they it's like that group of guys went from the guy, the group of wrestlers too cool for Goldberg to, to the maybe we'll sign Goldberg. You know? Like at that point, I'm jumping ship if there's even a consideration of signing fucking Bill. Like, how do you go from being the too cool for school kids, you know, that are like rebellious and you're not about that other kind of wrestling to maybe we'll sign Goldberg? Like that to me, that like that's really sad. Say what you want about Screech and Save by the Bell. He may have been the group, the, the 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 dork of the cool kids, but he was still in the group of the cool kids. Screech as the assistant principal was a fucking dork. There was no coolness. Now he's just hanging out with Mr. Belding, right? Right. Like Goldberg and CM Punk, that's two people that just need to be far away from wrestling because it's nothing but cancer when they're here. I could see the attempt with CM Punk. He's someone who's practically like the king of indie wrestling. People like him and Brian Danielson are what made people start looking at shit like Ring of Honor and how cool it can be and stuff. But not Goldberg. No, there's Goldberg never been got, any good contribution. Goldberg got eyes on on Nitro. And look at where Nitro's at now. Not here. Like Goldberg's see- happening. Like, 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 let's just be real for a second. One thing that I, I don't know if you heard um, with Triple H and Universal title, how he wants to get rid of that. A lot of the reason who fucked up the who fucked up the early days of that title? Fucking Bill. Yeah. That belt's not had the best rep because of Bill. Fiend died because of Bill. We had a shitty Braun Strowman probably has the most uneventful Universal Championship win because of Bill. We don't need him here. He's not good at anything. He's never been good at anything. He stands at Pyro's a fucking entrance. That's it. He mean he does what they taught him, but I don't think he was ever properly trained. He barely does that right. <laughs> I mean, it's rough, man. I'm not going to lie. It's like, holy shit. Like, how did you start shitty and get worse? I don't understand. I mean, there's always been that divide with people not really respecting the guy. And the Brett thing didn't help. It's like, I've always felt years like the people who stand those chances and they chant Goldberg. It's like, you know, you're the problem, right? You're why they keep bringing this fucker back because they think that means he's over. Yeah, I mean, but realistically, he does have a fan base. But the point isn't whether he's over or not because he is over. He does have his his casual fans. The point for me is more that like that's not what AEW was about. It's like I almost feel like AEW has even forgotten what they were about. 
because it used to be the guys off the indies who you either knew from the indies or you hadn't heard of before so you're getting your first look at them now they're just a bunch of wwe guys <laughs> it was the pwg guys you know yeah like it was the boys it was like roh and do japan the pj all those type of guys and now it's just like all right like it's gotten so bad that when somebody leaves any other company the first comment everywhere and anywhere is are they going to AEW? because that's just what AEW's become it's just like are they they're, they're the are they going there brand but is that a bad thing that's like just the natural progression of the company you know it's like it, 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 it i feel like it's good in some cases but it's bad when it gets to places where it's like why the fuck would they pick somebody up from there yeah but i go like to certain cases places where, where i feel like sure. if you leave that company you don't want the first thing somebody to say is are they coming to my company <laughs> like can i have them now right <laughs> does anybody want does anybody want to see i'll just throw a name out there freaking ian rotten leave iwa and the first thing somebody says is, is ian rotten coming to AEW? no <laughs> Yeah, I'm not on that group. You could strike me right off that list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to take you back to Tough Enough. Your biggest idol in this business is a guy that's been in the business for about a year. Yeah, this was this person. This was this was I almost like the. You remember this? This was almost like the Alicia Fox clip. He Triple H just asked who oh, his favorite gosh. wrestler was, and they said Goldberg. Listen to his answer. If your biggest idol in this business is a guy that's been in the business for about a year, got everything handed to him, can't have a match longer than four minutes, has not wrestled probably for more than three months straight, because every three months he's got a hangnail, he's got a toothache, he's got a tummy ache, and he has to take time off. Is it about telling a story? Or is it just about being a big jacked up guy that stands in the ring, is fed a bunch of guys that really don't know what they're doing to mow over? He abuses that. No heart for what we do. No guts, no heart. I've had to be helped up the stairs because I couldn't walk myself. Worse than Michael Jackson. For 45 minutes against Vince McMahon, <laughs> but I question the fact that when somebody has a poster of a guy on their wall that can't suck it up enough to continue when he's on top of a business, when he's on top of a company, and they ask him to go, and he says, I'm sorry, I can't. I've got to sit home for three months. I can't even make it to TV. I'm sorry, I don't like where the storyline's going, so I can't come in. I've got to question that guy's heart. I've got to question that guy's desire. If you're big. <laughs> you know, I know how you really feel, Triple H. I haven't forgotten. You could put on how many you ever fucking round suits you want. Story? That motherfucker. <laughs> Goldberg's a bitch. Get a new fan favorite. You know, like, I know how you really feel. Like, nobody could dispute that because that guy's been in the ring and had to carry matches with him. Like, Triple H just went in there and buried the shit out of him. 
This motherfucker stubs his toe and leaves the WWE. Triple H tears his quad in two different tag matches. Finishes both them bitches. Like, tell us how you're really Goldberg feel. fans. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but like the wrestling world doesn't need him. Like, there's no purpose for him to be here. Like, he believes his own hype, and everybody else was blind enough to follow his shit. It's like, no, you you got to go, bitch. We don't need you anymore. We don't want you anymore. Ironically, it's funny. With Triple H is in charge, all of a sudden we don't hear about Goldberg matches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, good. Triple H is like, no, he ain't doing this shit. <laughs> he feels about a lot of things where we feel. That's why I don't really worry too much about yeah, the like I always hear people like go, online talk know? about some all rare L for Triple H. And it's like, what, dude can't make mistakes? He but at the knows, end of the day, he he's knows. thinking about it more closely from our point of view than anybody else was. Yes, by far. By by far. So I know he knows. Oh, of course. <laughs> Nobody's worried too much with him. You know, it's like, so unfortunately, Finn sometimes was out of touch with that kind of shit. Because he wasn't yeah. one of the boys. He never thought about things like that. About having basically a, fe- a male diva in the locker room. I feel like I feel like diva's a compliment for Bill. No, <laughs> Yeah, it just makes sense. Like, if a dude doesn't want to put the work in and work as hard as the other guys who destroy themselves year-round, why why should we invest time in him? Why should we put titles on him? Spoiler alert, we shouldn't. Yeah. But now, all of a sudden, Impact wants him. I saw Jordan Grace on Twitter with him, and she put in the bottom of the tweet, trying to convince him to come to Impact. You have fun with that, Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that was a horrible freaking Jordan Grace Im- imitation. Let me try again. Trying to convince him to come to Impact. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I'll work on it. Oh, dude. That was terrible. Oh, you wow. motherfuckers think y'all on a rough spot now. Bring Bill in there. See how bad it gets. <laughs> y'all might not even have George watching. You know, I seen an image online and somebody took the roundhouse kick, the famous Goldberg roundhouse kick, and they photoshopped Adam Cole taking it. And they were like, possibly the future. They took, oh, they somehow took out Brett. God. Don't y'all joke <laughs> like that. They somehow took Do out Brett and put Adam Cole in that shit, man. I almost grabbed it and I was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to keep scrolling. <laughs> oh my God. Don't y'all speak that evil into the universe. Please don't. Like, we just got him back. Don't do that. <laughs> Moving along, we get to talk about The Rock again. It's my favorite weekly hobby. And in a negative way, my favorite way. Oh. So this is sort of inverted because what basically happened was that new Shazam movie, Fury of the Gods, bombed at the box office. It was supposed to have, uh, it had a $110 million budget and an additional $100 million on the marketing, but it only made $30 million. So... Yeah, DC's going through rough times, man. I'm, I for one, am shocked. 
that this DC universe isn't working out. I mean, who would have seen the writing on the wall fucking years ago when it looked like the foundation was being wasn't being built properly, right? Who would have thought that it turned out like this for DC? Terrible. They're not getting exactly what they deserve. But anyway, I'm more mad because for the first like half second, you sounded like you really meant that shit. <laughs> yeah. So the director, David F. Sandberg, he doesn't really regret it. He put on Rotten Tomatoes. I just got my lowest critic score, my highest audience score on the same film. I wasn't expecting a repeat of the first movie critically, but I was still a little surprised because I think it's a good film. Oh, well. As I've been saying for a while now, I'm very eager to go back to horror as well as trying some new things. After six years of Shazam, I'm definitely done with superheroes for now. Just to be clear, I don't regret even for a second making the Shazam move. Some truly amazing people will forever be grateful that I got to direct two of these. They've been very challenging, but value been looking forward to is, is disconnecting from the superhero discourse online. A lot of this, that stresses me out so much, and it'll be nice not having to think about that anymore. Oh, God. Do I think if they go the Injustice route, they are going. We talked about it last week. They're doing like a Flashpoint type deal where they're going to they're, they're re-timing everything, unfortunately. I don't know if it's Injustice specifically, but they'll be doing a reboot of everything. But the way that The Rock connects to all of this is one of the reasons cited for the Shazam movie doing bad is because what was originally supposed to happen was... uh. Shazam was supposed to cameo in Black Adam, and I think there was supposed to be an after credit scene where uh, the Justice, uh, the the Justice League of America or whatever, was going to recruit Shazam at the end of Black Adam, which would have incorporated them into a big world. But apparently, The Rock didn't want that, and he declined appearing in the Shazam movie. He didn't he didn't want that after credit scene in his movie. He wanted Superman, so. They had to go back and redo that part because The Rock demanded Superman. And a lot of people were saying that he was really focused on making the movie center around him and around Superman. And he was going to sort of reboot the DC universe. I guess he wanted it to be... He was trying to make him and Superman build themselves up the way Tony Stark and uh, freaking Steve Rogers did. He wanted to have that kind of a thing going and then just sort of build the DC universe around it. But nobody was really interested in the fact that the movie didn't do good, didn't really help his case. Uh, to me, I look at it like this. That's a scapegoat. It's not like he came in and fucked up the, the wonderful DC universe that was already here. The DC universe sucked. And then they went and got The Rock, a, a, a well-known name, to try to fix what was left of it. And then he, as an actor and as a big Hollywood star, took that opportunity to try to elevate himself as he should. Since that's essentially he came from a business that's all about fucking elevating yourself as high as you could go using the platform that you're on and that's what you're supposed to fucking do and that's what he was doing so of course he tried to get himself over on the movie and make himself be featured and then take another person that he knows and help get that person over too he's from the wrestling business that's what you do I'm not gonna blame him for the DC universe sucking that shit sucked forever (laughs) he tried to resuscitate yeah he was just trying to fucking save it and sure, he was trying to get himself over doing it, but so what? If The Rock came back to wrestling tomorrow, he'd be trying to save wrestling, people would say, but that wouldn't change the fact that he cuts a paycheck. Right? Money is money. Yeah, so yeah, maybe he was trying to make himself the center of the DC Universe. Well, you know what, man? The DC Universe didn't have a fucking center. It's not like he was replacing anybody. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, he tried to make himself the center of the DC universe. Well, could somebody by show of hands tell me who was the center before that? Was it that angry Superman that we had or the Ben Affleck Batman? Because those are the only two big characters that we had in that world. Those are, that's the only canon people in the DC. That's the only canon Batman is the Ben Affleck one is part of that world. right? And the Superman that basically would destroy a whole fucking Waffle House to take out a Kryptonian. <laughs> Right, it had to be a Waffle House. That's all we had in that world, and we had the shitty Wonder Woman movie, which everyone says when you ask them what's the best DC movie, the Wonder Woman movie, where her clothes don't get tattered, her or get wrinkled, she doesn't receive any battle damage, even though she's fighting a god. And I've heard people say, well, they don't want it to be that kind of a movie, and I say, well, don't have a fight a fucking god. <laughs> it's simple, you know. She's fighting a god. There's gonna be battle damage here. You're gonna give her a clean W over a god. Go back and look at that movie. She was like an action figure. Buildings and shit are exploding. Volcanoes and shit are erupting. All kinds of stuff is happening. She's getting thrown through stuff, and she looked the same at the end of the movie. She wasn't even dirty. Who fucking directed that? How dare you? I'm so my intelligence with that shitty Wonder Woman movie. That whole world can be formatted. I wouldn't even bother to to reboot it. <laughs> you know. So what if the Rock came and tried to save this world? You know, kind of like, yeah, he tried to be the center, but the center of it at that time was a shitty Superman that somehow in a very short period of time went through the birth and death of becoming Superman. You know what I mean? They ever think about how weird that is? Like Superman was around since like the 40s, bro. And the only time he was ever vulnerable or killed was like in the late 90s. You know how much Superman there was in that those years for them to have had like the first movie he was in, he was he's introduced. The second movie he's in, he dies and Doomsday. Like what? You know that there was like a whole bunch of villains and shit in between here and there, right? Like Most of went on a journey before like a death. Ton, Are you kidding me? Like a ton of things that happen, and you guys, and then they resurrect him. Do over, restart, reload the safe. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, reload. Reload this whole fucking thing. So, yeah, maybe The Rock did try to get it over. So what? It needed getting over. He wouldn't have even been the Black Adam choice if it wasn't. Like, Black Adam has an Egyptian accent. Like Emotep from The Mummy Returns. This guy's not Egyptian at all. He didn't even try to be Egyptian. He tried to be as Egyptian as Arnold tries to be American. They didn't give a fuck about continuity when they made this. They're trying to save what was left of a fucking world. And everybody's like, this guy came and ruined everything. Don't you dare say it. Maybe he's a little pretentious. Maybe he tried to take the seat. Maybe he tried to take more control. But it's not like he came into a situation that was running perfectly and took control. If anything, if The Rock's anything like the rest of us, if he's anything like Triple H, he walked into a situation that looked like shit and had a closer view than we did and went, hey, I, I want to I wanna do this differently. So I don't care. I don't really feel like The Rock fucked him up. I feel like they were fucked up and then they didn't want to do what The Rock did because they have James Gunn now who made the Guardians movies and they figure you're going to make us some really great Superman and Batman stories. Everybody's going to have a good oh, time. God. They're going to cry but also laugh. They're going to be dramatic. They're going to be like a family. We know how you write Guardians. Do it over here. That's what they're basically banking on. They're like, do Guardians but with Batman and Superman. That's what they're fucking praying for. It's like their only <laughs> hope. If they, want, they, they told the guy, they think about it. They hired the guy who did Guardians and just basically said, do that shit again. And they gave him Batman and Superman, Wonder Woman. And you know what? That's the direction they should have went in the first place because that's more guardian is more of the tone of the way those characters should have been instead of the way that they had turned out so this time they might get it but for them to tell the make the rock take the l on that last universe don't baron corbin him and when they had the authority come to roar and blame baron corbin for the ratings oh my god i remember that 
You got to stop taking ball people and shitting on them for your ratings. That doesn't work, man. You know, like, don't shit on The Rock for that. This universe had been shitty for years. Before we even had a video feed in this chat room, we used to insult the shit out of those movies, and we didn't know that The Rock was going to be there. That counter showed up way before The Rock, okay? Remember I saw 28 Days Later and The Man of Steel in the same movie theater visit, and I came back and I was like, I don't know what was worse. And I was like, but somehow Superman was more fucking violent. You know, can you imagine? That's you want to see 28 weird. Days Later? Because I saw them back to back and I was like, Jesus. 28 Days Later is tame compared to the amount of destruction that was in Superman. You know, what the fuck's That's going on? That's just weird. I should have seen 28 Days Later first. It's unfortunate that was the second movie we went to see. Because honestly, like once we saw 28 Days Later, it was like, geez. I just, it didn't bother me that much. Because Superman destroyed so much more of the world than this apocalypse did. So, no, he never came off as that friendly Superman that he should have. The Goku that we had from Dragon Ball Evolution was more Goku than the Superman that we had in the movies with Superman. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the Guile that we had as John Claude Van Damme in the Street Fighter movie was more Guile than this Superman is fucking Superman. You know? Wow. I'm still recovering from the Goku from Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> the fucking Voldemort. Like, so nah, man. I'm not gonna let The Rock take that L. There's no way. I watched all these fucking movies and they've all sucked. There's no way I'm letting The Rock take the L because he showed up like at the last one and did a mediocre Black Adam. This shit was doomed by the time he showed up. What about that Chun-Li movie? Yeah. Hmm. That Chun-Li movie was really boring. But you know what? She was more Chun-Li than he was Superman. Oh my god. They forgot the part. Like, they gave him all of the powers of the costume and none of the personality. <laughs> like, the whole point of a character like that is that you would need somebody who's like a pretty kind person. To be able to get away with them being so OP because anybody who's not that level of kind would eventually be a liability. That's how we want to put a Superman that wrecks shit. You know, does he ever seem like he's really kind, you know? Superman in a lot of ways isn't that different from Steve Rogers. He was raised on a farm, he has good fucking parents with values and shit. So you never really see him step out of line. That's one of the reasons why people don't like him, because they find him corny. But really. I've never really found him corny because of the fact that he has those values. And it's not like he's he's fighting like bank robbers. Whenever you see Superman, he's generally fighting somebody who's at his tier. Who, you know, is thankfully there. Who can fly and also has those abilities. But if you take that away, then the challenge has always been not killing everyone during these fights. You know, which means that you can't take the guy by his face and perhaps throw him through like 10 miles of concrete. You can't kick him into a fucking Waffle House and then fly at it at top speed and blow up the gas station next to it and then drag him by his fucking face into the fire. You know, you just can't do that because you're Superman. The way those fights are supposed to go in these movies, and we'll move on soon to something better, but the way those fights, it's supposed to be more like 
part of the reason why the bad guys get the advantage on this guy is because he's trying to fight while being conscious of the environment around him. He's not going to fucking rush you into the Waffle House because he's thinking about the fact that people are eating there, just like Ma and Pa Kent used to fucking do back in the day. And he's thinking about all the (laughs) other people that are doing that. So he's not going to rush you, even though he's strong enough to. He has to think about fucking you up somehow without blowing everything else up around him. So usually the villain will do something that's cunning or conniving and screw him over and it's always one of those situations where it's like shit if I could use my power and not have to worry about all those people down there I would just laser him in half you know and shit like that that's what the story but this Superman didn't seem worried he never once in that movie looked like oh man I accidentally blew up anything the military showed up he didn't even apologize do you remember that shit he just stood there and he looked at them like yeah and what <laughs> and then they were like well we've decided we're going to tolerate you and there he was like all right and they just kind of flew off completely unapologetic encounter <laughs> how batman that was ben affleck great when he was in costume great when he was in costume you know sorry but black adam was not the worst thing about that fucking that <laughs> that that show over that world yeah they did turn superman into omni-man in a lot of ways right but even omni-man was a little nicer when he wasn't killing people he had like a lot of the values that superman normally has he liked doing normal people stuff he really fell in love with humanity and shit he liked eating at his favorite places he had his favorite shows he was a good old american when you look at omni-man from invincible he's exactly how how superman is minus the killing everybody you know, when you really think about it. Or if you look at Homelander, minus the killing everybody or being an actual motherfucker on the inside. Like, that's the portrayal of Superman. He comes out and he gives speeches and he uplifts people and all that stuff. How in the hell are we going to blame The Rock for almost a decade worth of shitty movies? Don't do it, guys. Not worth it at all. Not did you waste it's the rap that reported that The Rock was trying to restructure the DC extended universe around himself um, and Superman. And that uh, he didn't want that post credit scene where uh, Zachary Levy shows up as Shazam and is recruited into the into Haw- with, by Hawkman into the Justice Society of America. He heard that and he was like, no, nah, we're just going to have Superman show up at the end, which would be way more badass. And uh, they said the scene now exists in Fury of the Gods as a mid-credits cookie, but with different actors. Instead of using Black Adam actors, the scene now featured Jennifer Holland and Steve Aggie from Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. And Henry Cavill, that Superman, will not be reprising his role despite what The Rock wants. And uh, yeah, now we just have James Gunn, and uh, who's now part of the head of the studio oh god well so you're not gonna be sad to see it go no man i've been waiting for this day almost, i feel like my almost my whole life oh god could you imagine if this and gamestop die on the same day oh my god Motherfucker do cartwheels in the streets. 
at least with the flashpoint you probably will get to see the end of that world they do that sometimes in the comics you know you see all the different characters holding each other or hugging each other as their world dims out and fizzes out <laughs> kind of like in the universal tournament except that there's nobody nice enough to bring any of that shit back ever <laughs> it really is goodbye he here there was he was no- a super dragon balls bring everybody back except that one fuck those guys so yeah you know I, I hear what they were saying about what he did but I just don't blame him if I guess the point that I'm making not his fault no definitely not his fault the bitch had already OD and he tried to save it like no yeah exactly so MJF was on Impractical Jokers recently yeah interesting I guess he was He's giving character on that show. I guess he was giving chops. How did they ever deal with their one guy who left, or why he left, or what happened there? Um, they still managed to continue on without him, and they didn't replace him. Um, I don't believe so. Good I think it's actually partially why guys like MJF and like Jericho have been on there, it's like filling that fourth spot. We ever get clarity? Because it helps that like they're all, I believe, two at least. Two, in fact, yeah, all of them are actually like shoot wrestling fans, so. We ever get clear? Usually, use the why? magic to kind of get people in. Like, why did he leave? We ever get anything on that? Um, I believe what it was is he, he at the time was getting divorced. I think. Oh yeah, he, he was going through like a bunch of family shit, so he just couldn't keep doing the show. Wow, that's a shame. Yeah, but apparently they've all still stayed like best of friends, so it's just it's just a show they couldn't do anymore. Gotcha. Oh, right, well, here's the clip. <laughs> Yeah. MJF chopped me, man. That's pretty cool. You want to give him a chop? He thinks it's cool. This is this is crazy. I don't need your fat ass pumping into that butt. That one's my favorite. Yeah, you ready? I'm not a professional. That's it. All right, come on. Watch me throw. I'm trying not to cry. Look at him. All right, let's do it. Really? Him? That shit makes the same sound as the 10 second timer in, in UFC. Oh. <laughs> he's good, he's good, he's good, and gone. <laughs> yeah, man. What did you, how did you think that was gonna work out? Oh, man. That show's still good after all this time, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, man. I haven't seen it in so long. We used to watch that all the time back yeah. in the day. It's funny, too, because if you pay attention, sometimes those Kevin Dunn crowd shots, he's caught a couple of them in the crowd before. Usually it's on Raw, but we usually when you catch one of them, but they usually, they're usually up pretty close to the ring. All right, well, let's... It doesn't even hurt. Fuck! Let's talk about St. Patrick's Day Slam. 
or as everyone else knows it, Rampage. Episode, <laughs> episode 86 came to Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Canada Life Center. Hey, man, I can't make this shit up. You know, they're <laughs> <laughs> And as usual, right away, ding, ding, ding. It's, it's, it's always going to be the same, isn't it? Oh, we did get intros this time ish. Intro ish. Oh, God. Powerhouse Hobbs TNT title match defending against Ray Phoenix. That looked like it was not fun. I mean, it's interesting they gave Ray Phoenix a singles match for the TNT title. But again, did, did we know? We didn't go off the air on Dynamite knowing that there was going to be a match like this, did we? There's no, no we knew. This kind of shit. Oh, they, they advertised this one uh, last the week before. These guys should have a couple of promos or something with each other, don't you think? Yeah, well, you know the way they do the TNT title. Always been like, hey, if you want it, just come get it. They've made a very like that and um the international title, very active titles in AEW. That's one thing I give them. That's one thing I give AEW credit for. They have like straight up workhorse titles. Like if you have this title, you going to work. Phoenix in good form as always. He can take an ass kicking in a half, so he makes Pobs look amazing. <laughs> this was fine. Dare you, sir? I forgot they were TMZ or whatever. Oh yeah, QTV. My entire life. After nine months, I make my return to All Elite Wrestling, and that's good because I'm looking for a fighter. I show the world how damn good Adam Bebe is, and nobody, nobody is gonna stop me. Taya Valkyrie against Ava Lawless. They probably gave her a name because she looks a little like Lucy Lawless, right? Yeah. I look at her there. Ranking AEW debut. Obviously, Taya Valkyrie. Nice doing you. <laughs> yeah. She's so small compared to Taya. <laughs> Like either she's small or Taya is or Taya's bigger than I remember. Could have given her a better debut match. Yeah, like you don't need to feed the girls on somebody. 
Stoker, we are going to get you prepared for Hook. Look, he's a wrestling machine, a killing machine. Back, he can break your neck. Come on. Good old Stokely getting ready for Hook. I know he had to train for a funeral. No, the Bollywood Boys. Holy shit, it was good to see those two. I forgot they weren't part of WWE anymore. Former King Tag Team Champions. Yeah, like I said, I forgot they were part of WWE. weren't part of WWE anymore. To a team that's already become at one time. Big test for the Bollywood boys. This matchup because now you're on this side of Against the, the Jericho Appreciation Society's Angela Parker and Matt Menard. Oh, this was fun. This yeah. was cool. Yeah, like you said, it was good seeing them again. These two guys are, I can't stand the look and vibe of the fucking Jericho guys. <laughs> Especially, what's his name here with the with the huge head? <laughs> that one with the full head. I mean, the whole head. This is a really huge head. The four, the five, the six, the seven, the eight, and the nine. Like his forehead's huge, sure, but the but the head itself that's on his <laughs> that's on his neck is big. See, they have such good double teams and stuff. Yeah. And I like it too, because we don't get to see them in action too often. So it was a nice little change-up. Quest that he just has a lot on his mind. Oh, you ain't shit. Hit it, hit it. Isn't that somewhat racist? Like, well, like, is that how you welcome him? Because he's an Asian guy? Like, look at this. I mean, hey, we got the drop, so... <laughs> it's just a random airport. Uh, this is a hug run. Come on, let's hug it out here. This is great, buddy. And Winnipeg! He has no idea what's going on. Not a fucking clue. Right now, let's turn our attention to this coming Wednesday in Dynamite for an international tree match. John Moxley versus Stu Grayson in a grudge match. Welcome to Crappy Winnipeg. We are the champs, of Woo! course. This is the second best brother tag team in AEW. As are fans of the Young Bucks, huh? No, 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 that's not what we were talking about. We're talking about us the whole time. We're the best brother tag team in AEW. That's funny. You can leave your belts, and I think that's because you know. Come on the line, yeah. then. You can try to oh. valet them. Yeah, valet. <laughs> How's that sound? Yeah. Brody King with Julia Hart against Daniel Garcia. And retain the titles. They basically have everybody from the Jericho Appreciation Society wrestling rampage. Right. Everybody getting up in here. Nice little change of pace getting to see Brody King in singles action. Without any makeup on. Right, that too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, 
Hart turning up the aggression right now. Of course, always see, always a pleasure seeing Julia Hart holds V trigger. Mm -hmm. Well, the match is not over yet either. Yeah, so actually they get knocked the fuck down. Like I swear, like for me, that's Julia Hart. Now there's pre V trigger, then there's post V trigger. Cause I never expected that shit to like this. Beautiful boss man slam. God, look at that. <laughs> That's not, I've never seen somebody go so high on a cannonball. So I need to think that Garcia wins this. But I mean, he does have his people. Yeah, he got the boys. Floyd being one of the boys. Beat him, but didn't get him clean, though. Nope, he sure didn't. So that was Rampage. Which, by the way, was at, on at 1130 at night because they had the NCAA March Madness basketball tournament. Which, uh, yeah, they got to keep getting preempted for stuff, even when it's boring. He next week, shit. next week they're gonna be on Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern time. They did 406,000 viewers with a with a 195 of them in the 18 to 49 demographic, 406,000. So, but yeah, they'll be on at 10 p.m. next week, but it won't be on Friday. It'll be on Saturday. Oh, oh God! Well, at least they'll be on. Not after something this time, so. Well, that's pretty much tomorrow. Well, the day after yeah. tomorrow, since it's not Friday. Okay, okay. Let's talk about Bray. Yay. <laughs> well, what the hell do we have going on here? So he's not been clear to wrestle. This has been going on for a while. I've been ignoring it because usually brace stories take months to develop, kind of like in the actual product. But uh, yeah, apparently he's not clear to wrestle. There was some speculation about what the health issue was. They were saying he was suffering from an illness. And some people were saying he was having some sort of a physical problem. There was speculation about the fact that he had like a brace on his leg and that maybe that had something to do with it. But other people said that it was creative differences. And apparently, the, I guess the rumor at this point is that he's off of WrestleMania. How how much can we confirm of that? I mean, he hasn't been at, on television. They haven't even so much as mentioned his matches or anything. Is he off of the card officially? I mean, we haven't heard anything officially because he was set to wrestle Lashley. And we haven't heard like any changes for Lashley's match. Basically disappeared off of time. Last time we saw Bray was what a couple of weeks ago when he did the whole uh, muscle man show thing with him. Yeah, but then he disappeared, and it's like the whole build up to WrestleMania is sort of come and gone. 
it's too late to build anymore. Like whatever's happening is happening. <laughs> but nothing's happening. That's the whole point, you know. Like they didn't. They literally didn't do anything now. So I'm assuming that there's something wrong, you know. Any ideas? Oh God, like I I couldn't imagine just because this isn't the first time we've heard about this with Bray. Like I think before um before the fiend and the firefly funhouse stuff came up a few years ago we even heard of like okay he's gone because of like an illness or something like that so i i, I don't even know what it is that's going on with him whatever it is it's not the first time it's happened i mean it's safe to call the whole bray wyatt thing a flop right i'm not gonna lie i tried to give this Bray a chance when he came back but i haven't fully 100 percent enjoyed him since the fiend I know, man. It's been, it's, it's never been a hundred percent solid with Bray. And that's the part that annoys me. It's just like y'all had the fiend. Y'all know how to get this right. What happened? <laughs> they just weren't having it. Like you, you literally could have just brought back, you know. And they changed. Follow the buzzards or fiend, and it would have been fine. Yeah, they try to be ironically scary. They try to do. They try to make it more like a fucking. Uh, Freaking Five Nights at Freddy's, but it comes out more like a Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh, <laughs> you know, like that's, the, that's the problem with what they're doing. Shit. Like, Follow the Muppets. <laughs> there you go. Quote it. Have to <laughs> Follow the Muppets. <laughs> I'm not even proud of that one. Like, I'm sorry, man, but he's not creepy and it just gets annoying after a while. I hope that this isn't a creative differences mental thing again, bro. I'm just saying at this point, it's just too much because that comparison to The Undertaker should go further than just the fact that the lights turn off during your entrance. Like, The Undertaker went through a lot of shit in his career and he took very little time off. And he never sold his injuries or pain. He didn't take time off when anybody else in their right mind would have. Every single one of his gimmicks was great. To the point where people don't talk about any gimmicks and say that they suck. They just debate what was his greatest gimmick of all. Every change that he's done has been memorable. To the point that whether he was becoming another Undertaker or going back to an old version. It was just as impactful. There's literally none of those characteristics in the Bray Wyatt character. The only characteristic there is is that the lights turn off. I swear to you. Tell me what else about him is is, is Undertaker. It's just a weird comparison. How the hell can somebody watch any Undertaker documentaries and know anything about him and then make Bray Wyatt be the similarity? You know what I mean? And I don't because even mean disrespectfully to Bray, simple. but it's like just because the lights turn on, this is a little bit creepy. <laughs> You think that's all there was to The Undertaker? You know, first of all, The Undertaker was a locker room leader in and out of the ring. You know what I mean? He had a big presence. There was the, there was so much more to it. The 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 way that he wrestled, you know, the, the, the shit he wrestled through. All kinds of stuff. It's just strange that it's just like, well, this guy's The Undertaker. His lights turn off. This is what I hate when, like, wrestling fans try to compare wrestlers to other wrestlers they never pull any like 
meaty evidence. It's always this one thing that realistically anybody else could have. Like and, forgetting in ECW, the lights used to turn out when Sabu showed up. Does that mean Sabu's the Undertaker? And to be real, man, and this isn't body shaming or anything, but the Undertaker during the prime of his career and during the years where it mattered, he was someone who was into fit physical fitness and physical activities and hitting the gym a lot. I'm just saying that he we out of all the gimmicks that we had, there was biker taker, ministry of darkness taker. We never had fat taker. We might have had beer belly taker in his older years. And it still looked badass. But in that we, way we, too, we had badass dad gut taker. You know what I mean? And I get it. He's going for that whole scary the hills has eyes shit, which is kinda lost on us now. Because of the fact that it went from that to the fiend to the Alexa Bliss shit to now the Uncle Howdy thing, and I think the Uncle Howdy thing is what's really doing him in, man. Because oh yeah, it is. It's it was so much. It was one thing to have to go from the horrific gimmick to having the puppets as the first different thing that was a little bit uh, goofy, but then to do the Uncle Howdy, like now you're just putting more goofy things in the gimmick than scary things you have puppets right. See, you have the a guy named uncle made howdy the puppets work the, was that they you gave the, you the illusion like we were seeing in Bray, seeing like a bullshit that goes on in Bray's head but they were still puppets. Once uncle howdy shows up you're making it into a physical thing that takes all the spark out of it well they were still puppets though they were a physical thing that had cute little voices the muscle man dance all that shit it, it doesn't work and not on a consistent basis unless you have just as much creepy and danger going on sometimes there's no yeah, danger which they was asked where the fiend worked in but the fiend didn't work because he would lose most of his matches. Now he used he, to win a lot with the fiend. It was the first Bray Wyatt he used to lose all the time. Didn't he get set on fire? Yeah, that was like near the very end of the fiend. That was after like a whole what year, year and a half almost of winning. And that was Randy Orton that did that, right? Yeah, that was that was like that was maybe what I think that last like six months of the fiend. But that was only because they set him on fire, and then it was just Bliss for a while. That's what got Bliss over doing the scary stuff. Yeah, and Randy Orton's also the one who burned down the cabin of the original Bray Wyatt family, right? Yeah, that was like... God. Yeah, that was around, like, first Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Randy Orton's also somebody who's had some pretty memorable gimmick changes. Whether he goes from one new one back to an old one or not, it's something special, isn't it? Maybe he's closer to the fucking Undertaker. His just meaner you know? than the other ones. <laughs> He's he's closer to the Undertaker than Bray Wyatt is, you know. He's worked through injuries. I'm sorry, man, but I just I don't see it. And every single that's another thing. The Undertaker never took these lapses of time off randomly. Certainly not during WrestleMania. If anything, you could count on the Undertaker. If there's one day of the year you count on the Undertaker, and only that day it would be WrestleMania, no matter what. No matter what. Even if you he didn't physically never, feel ever, up to it. Freaking the, the the Roman the um. The Roman match of Mania, he was not physically up for that match, but he still showed up. You know, I'm sorry, man, but whatever's happening behind the scenes, whether it's his fault or not, by the fault of the of the outcome, he's not an Undertaker. Undertaker would have never had a storyline going on and have it knocked away and have all this other shit happening. There's just always something with Bray, man. I'm so over it. Over it. Ugh. <sighs> Hopefully they can figure something out for Lashley because at that point, that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Whatever Bray's doing, get your shit together, fix that. But at this point, I'm like, okay, now what's Lashley going to be doing for Mania? Fighting Goldberg. 
See, that's why they compared the other taking a break. Why? Because you crack jokes like that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's going to go to Triple H and be like, give me Goldberg. I mean, hey, he already kicked Bill's ass once, so fuck it. Oh, hopefully he doesn't have a hangnail. Come on now, it's Bill. He always has a hangnail. Unless you're, unless you're offering to give him a world title match, that motherfucker always has a hangnail. So we came across this earlier. This is Mike Tyson with Hasbulla. Is that how you say his name? So let me give you a little bit of backstory. <laughs> I had Hasbula. no idea. I had, first of all, I just want to say I had no idea who Hasbula was when I first watched this. So, <laughs> so it's like so, I had a delayed lose my shit because the first time I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> <laughs> this shit was amazing. So yeah, a little bit of backstory. Um, Hasbula is a, actually a very, believe it or not, a very well-known celebrity in uh, the mixed martial arts world. I believe he um I can't remember what it was MMA world I didn't even know that has, but it's basically a condition where he doesn't grow in height but even though he's like 22 23 years old I believe he's all over social media everybody who's ever encountered him fucking loves the guy I believe he's um Russian he's really good friends with uh Khabib Nurmagomedov but yeah this was um a thing he did with Tyson <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I fucking love Hasbula, I swear. When I first saw this, I thought this was a child, so I thought nothing <laughs> of this. That's how small he is. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Tell me you grabbed that other video I sent you with the him. No, I did not. It doesn't have anything related with wrestling people in it. <laughs> but it's Hasbula. <laughs> We're not here for Hasbula. Dude, I couldn't believe. He's so funny. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was a little boy. Tyson must have too. The look he picks up, he sure birds him. He's like, <laughs> yo, a grown fucking man. Can you imagine? Yo, the only reason I even know because like I was working on the show and this was on TV in the background. I'm literally sitting here typing and Stasis goes, was that a man? And I'm like, who? Was who a man? And I went back and, and I so watched it again. Because and me I, and Will, you're sitting there like, you don't know who that is. I asked in the chat. I was like, is that a man? Who's Hasbulla? I lost it. I was crying. I couldn't recover. <laughs> I couldn't fucking recover. Just because I can't believe Mike. <laughs> Dude, look at fucking Mike Tyson. How he's acting. He definitely doesn't know that that's a man. No, he knows. Because this isn't the first time they've been in the same place together. But how would he grab him like that? And Because it's... Because how... It, uh... Oh, oh my god! Uh, yeah, like anybody who follow anybody who like has ever seen Hasbula or follow about social media, he does stuff like this all the time. It's just weird that a man grabbed him like and cuddled him like if he was a small toy, you know, like a little child. I believe child. Dana signed him to a contract too. Like, 
Oh, but he is on Dana's payroll, if I remember he's right. I'll tell you right now, anybody out there listening, that's with us in the the sound of my voice, if you want to have a good day, just look up Hasbula. Yeah, yeah, that's not even a joke, King Quest. He's legit scared of puppies. He likes cats, doesn't like puppies. You know, I think he's going to at the bar, pay for people's drinks. Like, oh my god, that is. This goes to show you, man, the fucking world don't move to the beat of just one drum. Oh my god. And it was so funny because I kept meaning to bring up Hasbulas for the longest. And it's like, it's like the universe answered my prayers when that shit came up. I can't remember oh what the first thing you God. said. I was like, wait a minute, is this a man? Let me show you this shit real quick. And next thing you know, I'm like, it's fucking Hospula. <laughs> oh my God. That was priceless. <laughs> you know, now you're going to catch yourself looking at Hospula shit, right? <laughs> no, that was it for me. Strictly business here. <laughs> if you don't look for it, just go find you. I promise you. See, I'll tell you right now, if they start doing that thing they used to do when they had, like, guest hosts on Raw, I need one of them to be a hospitaler. So check this out. Brian Cage goes to buy his own action figure. You hear about this? You're excited to find your own action oh, no. figure at Target, but the employee could care less. You're excited to find your own action figure at Target. Does the guy not know who he is? I mean, what would you expect him? You're not going to know Brian Cage. I mean, you all you gotta do is look up. Like, like, wait a minute, this is you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess the guy no sold him. He didn't care. <laughs> He's like, whatever. That's not gonna change my shitty job. <laughs> I'll still be here working with my fifteen-minute fucking break and my horrible shitty manager. Can't even afford the fucking eggs you're buying. I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> I don't know why I gave you this guy a bit, backstory. You, you, you see that bitch like, with 15 people away from that tell me she could own my shit. All I know, just disclaimer, he could have a great life. You know, like, I don't know why I about to give that guy such a backstory. I give him his own gimmick. <laughs> right, damn. <laughs> Maybe he just doesn't like AEW. Maybe he he's, one of those guys who, he's one of those guys who isn't sipping the Kool-Aid anymore. You know, or maybe he... Maybe he, 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 was, he was at Brawl Out. <laughs> Or maybe his dad owns this store, and that's how come he has this job. And uh, previously, somebody like Orange Cassidy or somebody came in here, and he did mark out, and his dad came, and he banged his fucking face against the conveyor belt. <laughs> so now, he's like, I don't, I can't even react, because I know dad's watching through the fucking security camera. Come on here, and boom. He saw about the corner of the eye, and it's fighting the pop like it like depends on it. Yeah, he totally knows. He didn't even make eye contact with him. I mean, I would have. Fuck it. Oh yeah, I'm popping. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Back How my often face do all you, you want. get to see somebody come in and buy their own action figure? And then the fact that you're selling it. Right. You no say sell, you're yes the one sell. who did it. Oh, 
god. There's a link for anybody that's interested in that. You know what that ironically reminded me of too, and it's kind of funny how we bring up a wrestler's action figure. Did you hear about one of the other secret uh characters in 2K23? Who? Oh. There's an action figure Cena. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Ask you, you mentioned something like that to me. Yeah, like you gotta buy the Mattel, you gotta buy the Mattel figure, enter the code, and then you get it. <laughs> That's video games nowadays. But yeah, oh, Brian okay. Cage is sitting there and he's thinking, this is like ridiculous. Like, it doesn't matter where I go. There's always like an Indian guy ignoring everything that I do. Oh my God. I... You know? Damn, dude. <laughs> That's awful. Because it's true. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know. <laughs> That's amazing when you think about it. That's some shit. That is art imitating the life right there. That is gold is what that is. <laughs> Brian Cage. There could be all kinds of reasons. But maybe it's his job to go to NXT. Oh. You know? <laughs> All right, moving on to our next story. I think I did enough damage to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Davy Richards is apparently retiring. Based Until on- this story came out, I didn't even know he was still wrestling. Me neither. <laughs> like, I'm real honest with you. I forgot about him. Like, one of the greats, though, you know, someone who was excellent in Ring of Honor. But apparently, there was some sort of a domestic violence accusation that went around. We're not going to talk about that because if there's anything we've learned from all the years of doing this show, is that most of those, a lot of the time, as much as people like to admit it, turn out to either be bullshit or get disproved or debunked over time, long after the accused, uh, after the accusee's fucking or the accuser's life is fucking ruined. So we don't know. I don't know. None of us were there. I would say that the courts handled that. But he did yep. put out a statement where he said, Hello everyone. Wow, what a couple of what a couple of days. There are allegations of domestic violence against me. The allegations I adamantly deny, and if you look on CaseNet and MO under my name, Wesley David Richards, you'll see that there are no charges filed against me. However, I do understand the industry stance on this matter. Everyone should feel safe at shows, and I do not want to be the person who damages that. The pic being posted of my wife's eye is from training, and we regulatory train in martial arts as many of the students have got black eyes and such. Again, no charges were filed, and I deny these allegations, but I must do what is right and not what I want. So I'm canceling myself. This great sport is far too wonderful for anyone, including myself, to tarnish it. I will wrap up my shows this weekend and I will be retiring from professional wrestling. Please continue to support Team Ambition and this sport. Davey. Really? That fucking Team Ambition thing stood around? Is that a thing? Are you kidding me? I didn't that, know that was a thing. That's more shocking than the... than the. What do you mean you didn't know it was a thing? Are you, You're joking, right? Oh my god, I forgot about it. It's just, it's been so... Like I said, it's been so long since I fucking... Oh what team ambition basically for man so like that's so weird that he said team ambition how long has that still been a thing 
God, longer than shit. <laughs> wow. I guess I it's one of those things where it's like he never let it die, even though. I <laughs> Basically, back in Ring of Honor, when Davy Richards was with Eddie Edwards, they were called the American Wolves. And then, like, they brought in, like, two younger guys, which at the time was Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. And they were pushing them sort of like as like the under guys underneath Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards. They even had like a Ring of Honor pay-per-view called Young Wolves Rising, which was in reference to um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. That's that's sort of how they got their start. Almost, they were almost like the Santana and Ortiz was to LAX. What yeah. the uh, that's what Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly were to like Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards. They were like a, sort of like making them like the next American Wolves. And basically carry the flag after we're gone. Yeah, and then eventually there was like a Davy Richards, Eddie Edwards situation I have. I don't remember the exact booking of it, but you wound up with um freaking Davy Richards and Kyle O'Reilly as a tag team and Adam Cole and Eddie Edwards. And like they were doing like the whole angle where like Kyle O'Reilly is like this hot headed student and Davy Richards is always the one trying to rein him back in and show him that he needs to be disciplined and do the right thing and all that shit until he inevitably turns heel. And that's how the whole feud with him and fucking Adam Cole starts. But they called them Davy Richards and Eddie and Davy Richards and, and Kyle O'Reilly were team ambition. <laughs> and I remember like thinking to myself, because Kyle O'Reilly had his natural heel tendencies back then, how much that shit must have bothered him to have to be, because he used to always tell him, like, that's not what team ambition does. And it just sounded so corny to me. I was like, this motherfucker's going to turn on you. One day he, you're going to scold him to when he's going to clobber your ass <laughs> with that team ambition shit. Because it was a super, ba- David Richards was a squeaky clean baby face in the Indies the majority of the time, man. He was like a Steve Rogers fucking baby face. I used to complain and say that the Wolves had too much honor in a company called Ring of Honor. Can you imagine? Like after <laughs> a while, we true. were just like, yo, we were like, yo, they just have too much honor. They have too much honor. And eventually, the fans of Ring of Honor turned on them. That's something that I remember. They were still baby faces. When this is something the Ring of Honor fans do after a while, when you get pushed for too long, they'll fucking boo you. They did it to um, freaking one of the most over tag teams in their business, um, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. They were facing the Briscoes in New York. And, like, the Briscoes went in as fucking full, cold-blooded heels. And when Charlie House and Shelton Benjamin came through the, through the curtain, everybody booed the shit out of them. If you go back and look at that, it was one of the uh, final battles. They looked at each other. They were coming through the curtain like, what the fuck? Like, what happened? What did we do? Like, they were completely lost. And that's, to this day, one of the first times that the Briscoes were really pushed as baby faces. It was the fans that did it because they were just fucking tired of, of freaking uh, wrestling's greatest tag team. And uh, the same yeah, thing happened but- with the... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, see, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I remember that final battle because that was uh, the same the same night. Uh, Ladder War Four happened. Yeah, it might have been. I don't remember exactly what else was. Cause, no, because I, I remember because after the Briscoes won the title, they even mentioned the fact that it's like I think they think Jay's exact words were now later on. El Generico's go beat up the Fat Boy. Yeah, I and mean, the same thing happened with the American Wolves though, and and uh. And freaking Ring of Honor, eventually people felt, including myself, I'm not going to lie, because what would happen with every pay-per-view, and it's like Ring of Honor pay-per-views were every month, but every pay-per-view was like either Davey Richards against Eddie Edwards or Eddie Edwards against Davey Richards or the American Wolves against Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, but it was always good sportsmanship. So, So even though there was stuff on the undercard that felt like it was solid, and even though they had great matches, it was just like too much honor. 
after a while. Like, Jesus, all of these guys are just good friends going out there. And if you go back and watch the pay-per-views during that era, they always ended it with, like, one of them putting the one that lost over. Like, it was either Davey Richards putting over Eddie Edwards or Eddie Edwards putting over there. This man has done so much, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, too much fucking honor. <laughs> Which was the reason why when Kevin Steen became, a, like, one of the top contenders for the title in that company, Kevin Owens, even though he was working as a heel, the fact that he was in Canada for that match and the fact that they had so much, they had too much honor, they loved it. They loved having somebody come in who was just, like, a smash-mouth fucking angry guy who wasn't really doing any of the honor things with those guys if you go back and watch kevin steen is the one who broke that too much honor shit that's why the crowd popped for him because he wasn't about all that honor he was calling them jujitsu right. jack off do you remember that he used to call Dave Richards, remember that. <laughs> jujitsu jack off <laughs> I, I was about to say wasn't this the jujitsu jack off time? <laughs> yeah i was thinking yeah man fuck them too much honor You know, there's way too much honor in this. You guys love each other too much. But at the same time, looking back, it was cool to be able to have a team like the Wolves where they could be world champions and tag team champions, and it's like they're buddies, but then they'll face the thing. I remember there being pay-per-views where they defended the titles as the American Wolves, and then the main event would be against each other. Yeah, I remember you should tell me about those. You know, Davey Richards, man, was a huge, huge influence in Ring of Honor and a big part of everything in it. A lot of the storylines that, that they did and a lot of the characters that they brought in and wrestlers that they brought in, they would always springboard off of angles and, and, and programs with him to help elevate them. He did a lot for Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole when no one knew really who the fuck they were, aside from in PWG and in really small indies. Like, really, he put Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Bobby Fish on the map, to be fair. Because if, just to go back into a little bit of Ring of Honor history, if anyone remembers, the whole reason Bobby Fish got over in America was because they did an angle where Kyle O'Reilly went to Japan to get Davy Richards' old tag team partner from Japan to try to go against him, which was Bobby Fish. You know? Then you have the fact that Davy Richards and, and uh, Roderick Strong together were a very dominant tag team in the uh, Indies called the Dojo Brothers, right? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, this guy, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he has fucking laid down as far as the people in the, that he's worked with and the things that have happened in the industry because of him. Yeah. That includes and even like outside of uh, uh, after Ring of Honor, the Wolves had an extremely successful tag team run. Um, I think they were like five, six time tag team champions in TNA. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me there though. But that includes bring putting over tag teams like you know the uh, the All Night Express and uh, freaking the Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team and the Briscoes and just the people that they worked with and the things that they did. You know, I always felt Davey Richards very underrated because he never went from freaking uh, Ring of Honor to anything. He had a tryout. And NXT with with uh, Eddie Edwards, I believe they they gave them shitty names. I don't remember what the names, but they were really horrible Wasn't it names. Like pit bulls or something. They were the American pit bulls, and they were they they, they had horrible names. I, we'd have to wiki to find out, but it, the the trial went bad, and they and I believe uh, Davey Richards took a bad back body bump, and he they told him to go home, but instead he finished the match, and that was an issue. At least that's what was said at the time. I don't know how accurate that is, but this guy he's done like a lot. He's been he he was a huge draw for Ring of Honor, and he definitely helped contribute to the to defining the, the tone of what that company stood for. You know, yeah, no doubt. So, I don't know if he's really gonna stay retired though. Cancel culture has been canceled. 
You know what I mean? Like nobody takes it seriously anymore. And unfortunately, they they abuse it to the point where whether the person's right or wrong doesn't matter anymore. Everybody's ignoring cancel culture, snowflake culture, SJWs, woke stuff. Nobody gives a fuck whether it's, it's done with good intentions or not. It's become, and I warned you guys about this years ago, it's been dealt with to such a point that now I said the pendulum was going to swing the other way. Now people just don't hear it. When you hear it, you ignore it. All of us are doing it. When you hear it, everybody automatically rolls their eyes. No one gives a fuck. Everybody treats you like anymore. a meme. No one gives a fuck who's been segregated against or any of that other shit automatically it, there's been such an abundance of people that have cried cancel that everybody just rolls their eyes and ignores it so in my opinion even though we're talking about david richardson in a way we're reminiscing about the stuff that he's done i think that this might just need some time to cool off like everything else does and then he'll be fine and i don't even think it'll be as much time as you usually take from this kind of stuff because again no one believes in cancel culture or woke culture anymore it's it's, it's now falling on deaf ears thank the universe because it was all bullshit in my opinion anyway but we're at a point now where we're going to grow balls again as a society i think i think that we're now in the beginning stages of that you know if you hashtag post woke culture and you look it up on social media that's become a thing because everybody's sort of anxious and dying for a culture that's not so restrained and confined and you know cult-like so i mean we are in a post-war culture right now and i do not think that just because somebody said something about this guy means that he's going to automatically be canceled because again the proper way to do things in the country that we were raised in was if you have an issue with somebody you take it up legally you don't just go smearing their fucking name because if that's the case anybody can smear anybody's name for anything right or wrong and then the lines between right or wrong truth and lies become drastically blurred which is the whole reason why the legal system was developed in the first place to avoid shit like that where people are automatically uh, guilty until proven innocent or innocent until proven guilty. There would have been a world without order if it wasn't for the fact that there's a legal system. As much as people don't like leaning on it, that's the entire reason it exists. And I think people need to start realizing that, yeah, so his, his ex-wife and him have a grievance we don't know shit about. Nothing was ever added. No charges were ever filed. It's not really our place to decide it. But I just don't think that that culture that we've been a part of where people are just woke is going to exist anymore where people you just point your finger at somebody and now because of something that you said they're done it's like everybody's there's too much of it you can't even keep up anymore with who who abused who who raped who 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 was racist against who i don't even know man it's such a big fucking list it's easy to keep up with the abundance of wrestling programs and rumors and shows and spots and timestamps that we do per week than it would be to keep up with the amount of people who are being canceled because of assaulting others you know you, it's like it, it, imagine if that was our job and that says a lot i just feel like at this point right or wrong good or bad circumstantial it's all being diluted in a giant pool you know oh for sure but hey i mean hey fat, fat's over so yeah. back to normal <laughs> yes yeah, so i appreciate what he did he probably thought oh shit they're gonna cancel me it'll probably look better if i cancel me but really i don't think anybody needs to cancel anybody anymore we're, we're, we're growing past that shit man yeah definitely um, you know. Anyway, I think we should talk about Raw. What do you think? We're getting so close to WrestleMania season, man. Don't forget, not this weekend, but the following weekend, we're going to be in this chat room pretty much all weekend because we're going to be here on Friday for the Ring of Honor pay per view, I believe. And I think there's a. Is that when the Hall of Fame is? Um, let me see the exact date Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know Friday we're going to be here. I know it's that weekend for sure. Whether it be Ring of Honor or the Hall of Fame. And NXT, I believe Stand and Deliver. How are they going to do it? Because Stand and Deliver is going to be what? In the afternoon on Saturday? Um, I believe the ROH pay-per-view is going to start at like 4 in the afternoon. And then Stand and Deliver is going to be later that night. Yeah, but isn't isn't WrestleMania two days? 
Yeah, it's going to be just uh, Friday, and then WrestleMania is going to be Saturday and Sunday. So NX, so so Friday. So when's the when's the uh, Hall of Fame? Let me see. So we know Friday, Ring of Honor is going to have an afternoon pay per view, and then NXT is going to have an evening pay per view that Friday night. Oh, it looks like Hall of Fame is on Friday as well. So, so Ring of Honor is going to have a Friday afternoon pay per view. And then NXT is going up against its own Hall of Fame? I could see them doing either. I could see the I see Hall of Fame maybe be an after Stand and Deliver. Okay, so it'll be Ring of Honor, Stand and Deliver, and then possibly Hall of Fame. Then Saturday will be WrestleMania Night 1, and Sunday will be WrestleMania Night 2. And let's not forget, Thursday's the podcast, and Friday also would have SmackDown. So it would literally go Ring of Honor, SmackDown, Hall of Fame. Oh, Ring of Honor, SmackDown, whatever. There's a lot of fucking wrestling. Just be in the chat room. Just be in the chat room starting crazy. Thursday into Friday. I mean, starting Thursday, going all the way into Sunday, all weekend. We'll be doing watch alongs for all of the stuff. You know? Um, Fuck. <laughs> I know a lot it of just said in how much shit is on that weekend. I know there's Lord. some communities that, stay, that stepped away from the wrestling space, so it's a little bit more legroom here. And uh, we're certainly not going anywhere. So right. you bet your ass we're going to go. And we watch the stuff. You know, so you bet your ass is going to be a WrestleMania watch along. I don't know. Uh, I don't quit on wrestling. Wrestling would have to quit on me first, my friend. I didn't know wrestling ran this course before. The day. I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, that's a thing? No. If there are things that run their course, wrestling, not one of them for us. Right. That being said, we have Raw, good times, we have bad times, but it's always here. Raw episode 1156 came to us from St. Louis, Missouri, the Enterprise Center. Okay, we've needed each other our whole careers. We have always used each other to get to the next level, and we did it as brothers. You're right about all that, but there's one thing that you, I don't, I don't know if, you've, if you understand. When the truth was, you were better than any of them. Finally realized it was time to get over everything, and you were right, it was time to take down the bloodline together. I think we both know what comes next. The Usos come next. Yo, 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 to be honest, this might be our one shot 
brother versus brother at WrestleMania. We accept. Here we go. It's about to all kick off on Monday Night Raw. Lewis. KO back on Sami Zayn's side. From his brother from behind. Former honorary youth, but here comes KO. KO and Sami hold super kick. Don't get caught. Yep, they got out of there quick. Uh oh, dad's here. Yeah, it looks rough, man. He was watching on his phone the whole time. <laughs> he saw how bad that looked. Anyway, first match of the night is a non-title match between Montez Ford and Austin Theory. Oh, he wants to such run a banger. He wants to run through those street profits for that shit they talked a couple of weeks ago backstage, huh? I'm telling you, man. He has a mark to make. I'm gonna fuck up John Cena at WrestleMania, but before that... Montez Ford looking great as always. Austin Theory getting the push that everyone said he wasn't going to get. Here he is with the top title on Raw. And now they're mad that he's getting the push. Well, because like Trying it or not. theorize what John Cena is going to do after WrestleMania. Like, get the fuck out of here. Because, you know, like, Enjoy the ride. The, like, the U.S. is... The Raw's top title is the U.S. title right now. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was Vince's last pick. Get over it. Took a few shots, Ellis. Nothing can hurt me, hit me harder than being torn away from my brother. And then have to answer to it like it's my fault. At WrestleMania, we got him. Nice man. Yes, my tribal chief. Everyone leave us. Jay, you stay. It's been a minute. I've seen you. I've heard from you. I gotta beg your brother. Get some answers. Now you're back making decisions. You gotta be a part of the bloodline. Are you with us? Are you bloodline? You still my family? I'm with you. On Bloodline News. All I need to do is see you later. I love you. He looked into his eyes. You know, he does that thing where he looks into his eyes and he sees everything he needed to see. <laughs> right. My tribal chief. Yes, wise man. Did you find out the answers you were looking for? Yes, wise man. Deliver the goods. But he doesn't tell us what the answer. What were the answers, Roman? We demand answers to the answers. Matches that we learned about on Friday night SmackDown showcase the best men's and women's tag teams in WWE. Excuse me, can I please talk to a manager? I I would like you to know that I made matching gear for my tag partner Carmella, who is not available tonight. So you will have no problem then agreeing to the new tag partner that I found. Come on, girl. Piper is going to help me destroy the competition tonight. Talk to whoever you have to talk to to make this official. 
I am in the middle of okay, something. Okay, well, right if now. you're so official, then make it official that I am in the women's showcase at WrestleMania. How about that? Well, funny enough, that's what I was trying to talk to Byron about. I'm sorry, finalizing? Yeah. Do you know who I am? I am the star. I need to be put in this match immediately, and you do not want to make me angry. Don't make me go onto social media at WWE and put you on blast, or worse, block you. Put me in the match, Adam. Bye. He's so sweet. <laughs> right. The angel. Singles match: Mustafa Ali versus Omas with MVP. <laughs> My money's on Mustafa. You got this, Mustafa. I ain't stop believing, Mustafa. Ah, oh, Mustafa, you let me down, piece of shit. Fuck, man. Look, he gets the Goldberg intro. Da, 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 what the fuck is that guy? Uh, yeah, my uh, publicist is going over some questions you can ask me tonight. You want the host of WrestleMania and the most must-see? Is your first guest on Impulsive TV, am I right? Nah, man, that's uh, going to be a hard pass. <laughs> Who's that? Noon Eastern, take a chance. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. Impulsive TV. Let's get a little impulsive, shall we? Freaking Rollins said that. Y'all don't want me in your house. Y'all are in my house. It's Impulsive TV, baby! I don't gotta be here. I've made my millions off my name and my brands. And sadly, y'all don't love me. No matter how many of your superstars I beat up, let's be honest, I don't care because it's not my fault. There is no person on this roster that I cannot compete with. As y'all know, Seth is one of the top three in this business, and I'm honored to share the ring with him. I just kind of want to see me knock him out again. I'm so sorry. It's, it's your producer in the truck. I don't know what's wrong. You're, I don't know what the problem could be. <laughs> Does anybody have any ideas? Anybody got an idea? Anybody got an idea? <laughs> this was funny as shit, man. Yeah. That motherfucker cued his own music. I love that's one of the most boss things I've ever seen. He cued his own mu music and then sauntered his way to the ring in it. It made him watch the whole trip. The visionary has arrived on impulsive. <laughs> No words. We just hate you. We just hate you, Logan Paul. You must be used to people charging you like that now, right? He's staying charging. He's staying charging. Look at that. That was crazy. Like that dive, man. Could have hurt himself there. Wow. You gotta be careful with this gimmick, guys. And that punch, I gotta say, that was a good looking punch. How did they do that? That's coming from me. Dude, his punch looks amazing. Watch the punch afterwards at the end of this. Wow. 
It looks more like more of the responsibility is on Seth to react in time. I don't see how he did, though. Good job, guys. I hope it was safe. I don't know if it was, though. It looked a little harsh. I guess we'll see. Singles match, Johnny Gargano with Dexter Loomis against Dominic Mysterio with Damian Priest. This was so fun. Of course, man. He's going against Johnny Wrestling. They're giving Dominic everything that he needs to be able to excel as a superstar in this business. You know, his opponent. Yeah, they're, putting him in the, they're putting him in there with high caliber talent. They gave him a gimmick that he's worked like a million bucks. Like everything's working for this kid right now. Yeah, his body of work is very solid. I liked him before he was even here. I liked regular Dominic Mysterio with Ray, you know? So it's like, this is definitely an upgrade. Oh, for sure. Like, that dude's already had an incredible career in the short amount of time he's been here, and he's only getting better. Johnny Gargano's over here doing double duty. He shows up on NXT. He shows up on Raw. He has, he has everything going on. Right. Staying active. Mm-hmm. From the dome, here comes Dog Splash! Cover, and Dominic gets it! You know, last Friday night, my good-for-nothing father, I'm not gonna stop until I get what I want. This Friday night, the entire Mysterio family will be there live. I, I think I figured out a way to accept my match when I say hi to mom and if you have the balls get him out of her purse oh I need to talk to your dad Ray or Dom are you waiting on the tribal chief because your tribal chief is waiting on you to go to the jet because the seafood has been delivered. We got shrimp. Yes, sir. We got lobster. Mahi mahi. I like that. Uh huh. The tribal like chief is so proud. He wants you to take the rest of the night off and in. Go. Let's go. He gotta tell me. It's fine. Let's go. Let's go. Solo? Not you. He wants to talk to you. Aww. Hi, Solo. Who know mahi mahi for him? If you push me, I will not just resist. We'll throw you through a wall. Finn, I am a hostile man, so I can be the man that I'm. All right, it's Jack O' Lantern Edge. Let's <laughs> cage no more. I won't apologize for it. I won't fight it. I will lean into it. I will revel in it. I will savor it. Finn, you have no idea what I'm capable of inside Hell Himself. Through your soul when that steel door slammed shut behind you. But I do. I've been baptized inside the cell by the dead man himself. It rewards me for the streak that runs through me. What you meant when you said that hell couldn't handle your demons. Those scriptures. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because I'm the evil in the valley. So leave Finn at home. Bring your demon to meet the devil. You'd like to meet him. What do you it really does look like a disembodied head, like fading back into the distance. What do you think of this? I like the way he worded that, like leave Finn at home. Because if you bring Finn into hell in the cell, I'm going to run through you. If you want any shot, in, if you want any... I love the way I had to word this shot in hell of winning this. Bring the demon. Yeah, but why does Edge look like someone told Triple H a funny joke? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on with this? Oh, <laughs> oh God, why would you ruin that for me? <laughs> you look so sinister that you hit me with that shit. <laughs> you piece of shit. Oh, God. I do like, though, in that promo that he did reference his Hell to Cell match with The Undertaker. Do you remember how that one ended when uh, Taker chokeslammed and all the ladder and he went through the ring? Yeah, I remember. <sighs> oh, that match Edge. is going to be great. I like Edge so much better when he's not trying to be dark. champion i needed to be a star Charlie doesn't want to accept her future back when i was trying to make a name for myself now charlotte she the leader of the women's division i knew that you didn't respect me to be honest i don't think that you ever will i make you question the respect you have for yourself don't want me you're all pathetic when you hear the name Rhea ripley you question everything you know that every single time that we have gone to war, I've gotten up. You're done. You're washed. It's over and you have to go home. Because without the WWE, you are nothing. Because at WrestleMania, the biggest star here in the WWE. I don't need you to respect me, but you will fear me. about leaders I do respect you we all respect you but um if you needed any tips on how to beat Charlotte you could have just asked your role model because Bailey I don't need any help you have gotten so cocky it's our show and I think it's about time that damage control shows you this is your show if one of you guys want to come in this ring and try and get me out of my ring go ahead <laughs> looks like it'll be me huh bring it here's the official Bailey versus Ripley to be fair man Bailey was beating the shit out of her you know she may be judgment day but she's not above a Bailey beating it did take yeah. Lita and everybody else to come down and cause some whatever ruckus in order for her to get out of there. It wasn't like Rhea Ripley was fully dominant. Bailey's no slouch, you know. She's been in this for a while, and she got the yams. Yeah, like Ripley did good, but I'm just saying I like the fact that they were realistic about the fact that she had to survive this. You know, she didn't go in there and dominate yeah, she, she Bailey. They didn't make. Damage control look like bitches. They didn't do that yeah. thing they have a bad habit of doing with fashions. Like Bailey's a veteran, you would have been better off taking her advice. It also makes Ripley look good because even though she, str she struggled, you know, and even though she needs an assist, she still gets a big win. Yes, rolling in with a ton of momentum going into WrestleMania, which is what you want to do. Becky with that comic glass size bag of popcorn. <laughs> what the fuck? I bet you eating that all your by yourself though. <laughs> Yo, she kept nailing her with these Bailey the bellies. Imagine what a victory would do for Bailey in front. Boots to the soul. 
Jesus, they kicked the shit out of each other. Yeah, this is a great match. This might have been the workhorse match of the night. That sucks. They got gotcha. you. Don't jump Trish. That's our BFF. Master Gable got us in the Fatal 4-Way WrestleMania Showcase match, baby. Let's go. Come Let's on. get rolling. Please. Your Manny looks impeccable. This is a stellar opportunity and a pivotal... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't your models have a match with Gallows and Anderson? Why don't you just... Actually, it's been postponed. say overexposed his cheekbones during a Givenchy shoot in Mykonos. No sense. When okay. you're beautiful, you don't have to make sense. You understand that if you weren't so horrifically middle class. Come along. We're wow. This way. Coach, let's ride. That's my guy. You got to make up your mind already. Are you Otis or Otis? Alongside the monster of all monsters. Singles match Ricochet with Braun Strowman against Chad Gable. And yeah, it looks like the man on the moon himself is going in, huh? Andy Kaufman going into the Hall of Fame. We should watch Man on the Moon at some point. I'm down. Listen, Otis or Otis. That doesn't mean Otis is making the wrong decision. I mean, Chad Gable did. And once again, just letting him go to work. Yeah, while in the meantime, commentary is still talking about Otis or Otis. Good job, guys. <laughs> you know, all this shit's going on in there over there. Like, well, is he going to be Otis or Otis? Good, really respectful for Ricochet and Chad over here who are wrestling their asses off. And the focus is on Otis on the fucking outside. Typical wrestling storyline, right? right? These guys over here wrestling like their headliner WrestleMania. Is he going to be Otis? Nice. Yes, she took him away. He's going back to Otis. Looking to cost him the match, too. Interesting that Ricochet's been using the 630 less. But I guess because the 630 was starting hurting him after a little while. So. Tag team match. Asuka and Bianca Belair against Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Oh, that was a dangerous team they got thrown in with. Like, damn. They're throwing freaking Chelsea Green into the deep end. I mean, she has enough experience. Everyone here has experience. It's not in WWE. Just not on Raw, really. Yeah. <laughs> And the raw cannon. This is what But hey, if you made it to raw, you pretty much made it in life. What the people don't like to admit. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh it's so good that that Piper never is being treated so much more seriously since she got her good name back. Of course. And there's a chance for. Of course, there's going to be miscommunication between Oscar and Bianca. But look at that. That's crazy. Oh. That's fucking wild. Go back and when she rotates her again. That was fucking nuts. Because keep in mind, the only part that Piper helps her with is just her getting up. Once she's up in the air, it's all Bianca. 
Yeah, KOD is one of the prettiest finishing moves in wrestling. And it has probably one of the best aspects of a finishing move. She can hit anybody with it. Only if you're fucking strong. Not, you know what I mean? Only if you like. Yeah, okay, yeah I'm saying mean, Bianca can hit yeah. anybody else with it. Not, not everybody else now. Asuka's heel now? And now she did some sneaky shit finally. So much for that sportsmanship, huh? I tell you right now, if people think that Bianca, that um, Oscar's all goofy and everything, just keep in mind they finally released her song, and yeah, it's called "You Can't Hide." So yeah, no goofy. <laughs> St. Louis, acknowledge me. The man who will challenge the tribal chief. St. Louis, what do you want to talk about? Warning to me. I've heard Mr. Heyman say that you've got a, a problem. A Cody Rhodes problem. What you mean by problem? I'm not talking to you. I am talking to the tribal chief. Well, let's get this straight. What you represent, now that's the problem when we know you're not gonna do them because look at your track record. You didn't want to do the Stardust thing, so what happened? You ran away, started a company and a promotion that you couldn't get over in, and then you came here. That was savage as fuck. You keep talking about finishing the story. April 2nd, I'm gonna finish the story. No, you're not. Your real moment is on April 3rd. You're gonna have to look in the mirror, run like a little bitch. Okay. You have to know that what Roman's saying right now, I started here at 20 years old. Nobody needs to bring up my father one more time. He's not coming to this ring to hit a bionic elbow. You want to talk about family? Here, I'll bring up someone you don't know. Tell everybody all this truth about April 3rd and what it means for me. Tribal Chief, you've got to wake up and remember what it's like to lose. These titles that mean the most in our world, and when that happens, Jay is going to leave you. Jimmy will leave you too. Solo leaves you too. A Roman with no more reigns. A chief without a tribe. That bothered the shit out of him. Solo went into business for himself there. Cody egged him into that. Oh, I'm so excited for Mania. There was some fan footage shown afterwards where you see Roman Reigns screaming at Solo. And uh, the other thing from Raw was that during the commercial break, they did another movie parody, this time 40-year-old virgin. It's perfect. This one was funny. This is your first time getting body wax? Oh, no, no, not him. Him. Uh, take off your shirt. <laughs> Jesus, Hasselhoff. 
Where did all that come from? Here, no, no, you're waiting there, you're staying. We're gonna need more. <laughs> Does that go all the way down? And clear all my appointments this afternoon. Let's get this over with. First time's always you the hardest. Proud of you. Ooh, that's wrong. Real fashionable sweater, buddy, is it? Coming a V-neck, yeah? One, two. One, two. Is this a shoot? You evil I don't think it is. That was the work they put fake hair on him. I don't think he does. Yeah, right. I think they just like whatever they did to get it to stick to him. Yeah, that's so weird, right? Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's just still my favorite part is when poor Butch tries to walk around and go, no, 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 you're dealing with this. <laughs> Banger of a job. This is not a good look for me. Raw did 1.771 million views with a 0.55 in the 18 to 49 demographic, up a bit from the 1.705 million they did last week with the 0.53 in the 18 to 49 demographic, generally hovering slightly above the 2 million mark. As always, this was St. Louis, Missouri's Enterprise Center, Raw episode 1,556. Another lovely show. It's getting late. We're not going to cover anything else right now. But the one thing that we did want you guys wanted me to talk about, we talked about this backstage in regards to Dynamite, was the debut of of uh, Ijo the Vikingo, who had a match. Yep, he against- is the reigning Triple A Mega Champion. He won the title after uh, Kenny Omega had to vacate it when he had to leave uh, Mexico. Yeah. So this is his AEW debut here. This guy is fucking nuts. A little backstory is that Kenny Omega wanted this match, um, this match in 2021, but due to the pandemic, it got delayed. So they were finally able to make it happen. In fact, a lot of people say that um, part of the reason the Kenny was champion is because of Kenny Omega. Because he was originally just a mid card guy, but then um, they put the title on him, and Triple A wound up seeing like, dude, we have something amazing with this guy. So now we finally got the dream match on Dynamite. The dream match that nobody knew that they wanted. That's AEW for you. Yeah, but they glad they got it now. That's a fucking joke. match essentially look at this shit nice this dude is unreal there's one move that he does in here it's like his signature i've seen him do it before but i forgot that he does it 
shooting star off the apron. Whoa! It lands yeah. on his feet. Nice, solid stuff. What Look the fuck? Wow. This dude is like, was that like a middle rope? shit with the creative moves. Was that like sort of like a middle rope springboard inverted Phoenix splash? Yes! From the, the outside fuck? to the ink. Does Look that at this exist? <laughs> this motherfucker did a two-step spring poison rana. Tony, if you don't bring him back, I will never forgive you. Holy shit. Watch, this is the one. Watch this. Step up 630. S step up springboard 630. Wow. Yeah, that they better fucking sign him. They're quick to sign all of these old timers. You See, know? It's like, yeah, to, at the, um, to elaborate a little bit, yeah. When Kenny Omega left uh, um, AAA, well, he left the Triple in the Mega Championship, one of the things he requested was um, for Kenny to be, uh, become their new champion. He was a mid-carder before that happened, and now he's legit their top guy. Wow. Very impressive stuff, right? Nuts. And he does all this stuff flawlessly. <sighs> Incredible. Dynamite did 954,000 viewers shy of a million by hardly under, under 50,000. 0.33 in the 18th to 49 demographic, definitely up from the 852,000 that the previous week with the 0.27 in the 18 to 49 demographic. So you did see a definite boost in viewership. I hate to even credit WWE for, but I I can't help but think that there was no big announcement this week. It's just because we are in March going into April. This is WrestleMania season. This is a big wrestling season. I think that people just got the fever and just want to watch wrestling, especially long-term wrestling fans, because even myself with a limited schedule, when it comes around this time, you get the earth to watch more wrestling-based shit because it's the season for it. You know, so I think everyone, this is one of the reasons why you get a lot of pay-per-views and a lot of indie shows that come out. And we talked about this before on the weekend of WrestleMania. You know, it's no different than when you go to Coney Island. You might want Nathan's, but the line's really long, which is why a lot of those little hot dog stands make a killing. True that. Very cool, though. Very good stuff here. Really excited. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see when they bring him back. Mm -hmm. Tell me about it. I literally I heard somebody on social media say that dude's like when you hit create a move on all the moves. <laughs> you create a move on all the moves. That's hilarious. That's really what it looks like. None of his shit looks like something that's just in the game. Unbelievable. All right, guys. Well, that is a wrap. This has been a very fun episode. Thank you to everybody for hanging out. Don't forget that this is just the end of the podcast. It is not the end of the week. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Player FM, Podbean, wherever you're listening to this from, you're getting it on a seven-day delay most of the time. If you want to catch the live or the most updated episode, come to twitch.tv slash talkbrunch. That is where, for the moment, we're currently exclusive. I choose to put them out for a week with a week delay. 
Also, don't forget we're going to have other stuff on this channel this week. We're still going to be running more games, doing more playthroughs of our regularly scheduled stuff, as well as some new stuff, like I always say. And next week, starting Thursday, is the WrestleMania-thon. We're going to be on the air Thursday through Sunday, covering everything that comes our way, going back to whatever it is we miss until it's all said and done, like it is right now. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 567, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin Soulglow Frazier, we're out of here. We're almost to the end. Happy wrestling, everybody. Shut it down.